0: Good evening, and this is over and over and over again. My name's Richard, and this is the Arsenal Review. Another, well, not, not such a, a previous few weeks, but it still wasn't too bad, was it? So we've got, we'll have got we look back on the game from yesterday, the Southampton game. We're going to also look at the PSV game, obviously the one that we played last week, the one we've got coming up this week, and also the visit of Nottingham Forest, which could be quite fun following their result at the weekend. So we've got a lot to get through. So let's get cracking. Real Martinelli. It's now with Granite Jackal. Is it going to be the third goal? It is the third goal! Granite Jackal with it! That seems it. So, as you can see, we have got some guests with us now. Um, unlike Mikel Arteta, we can actually rotate our entire squad and we don't weaken the, the strength of the team. So, um, you know, uh, we, we've had to make a, a few substitutions um, today, but um, I say it, it doesn't weaken the performance in any, any way at all. Um, welcome back, first of all, to Jerome. Obviously, your dad can't make it and you, you've stood in for him, which is very nice of you to do so.
1: That's it. Of course. Cool. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks. Uh, nice to be here.
0: Good, good to see you again. It's been a while, isn't it, since you've been on? So it's nice to see you again.
1: That's it, exactly. Yeah, a few things have changed since the last time I was on. I, I, uh, I believe so. Yeah, good to catch
0: up. Yeah, that no, is a quite a lot has changed, actually. Yeah, you're right. Um, and back again for it was on a few weeks ago. Good to always uh, to speak to Tom, of course. How are you today, Tom? You're right.
2: Yeah, not too bad. Uh, it's been an interesting week. Performance <laughs> <Humble laughs> <spot. laughs>
0: There seems to be a lot of interesting weeks at the moment, doesn't there, when it comes to Arsenal, (laughs) but that's not unusual, is it? Let's be fair. We've had a history of it, really. Um, I suppose, really, then, there's only one place we should really start, and that's kind of going back 24 hours or so to what was quite an eventful game down on the South Coast. So, uh, it's... Difficult to know where to start with that game yesterday. A lot of things, again, a bit like the lead going the week before. A lot seems to happen. Um, and in the end, we've come out with a result which um, I still can't decide whether I think it's a point gained or two points lost. It's a little bit of both for me. We, we, we started well, got the early lead. And at that point, you expect to go on and win the game, I suppose. Um, but as has been the case recently, we start well and then seem to... Fade away, and the opponents get on top. Last week at Leeds, we got away with it, got the win, and yesterday we wasn't quite able to do so. Lots of different reasons as to why that might be the case, I suppose. But ultimately, we didn't take the chances that we had in that first half to kill it off, which I say has happened unfortunately too many times. I mean, Jerome, what did you make of that yesterday? Because um, bits of it were good, the performance wise, and other bits of it were a little bit worrying. As we, when you look at the last couple of games as well, as as a whole, rather than just playing in isolation, a bit similar yeah. to that each game, wasn't it? In the performance wise, started well and then dropped off, and could have could have come unstuck again. Really, we were maybe fortunate in the end to get a draw, perhaps, wasn't we?
1: Yeah, I mean, you talk about was it um, one point gained or two points dropped mm. as the final whistle went? The only thing that I was thinking was that is two points dropped. I was super frustrated. And I think because, because we started so well and, yeah, we had plenty of chances. And I think if we're playing against a really tough team away from home and it's a very tight game and you come away with a point, you think, you know what, that's, that's a point game, that's a good point. Mm. But considering where Southampton are in the league, how well we've been playing, I think looking back, giving it a bit of distance time-wise, I, I still think that's two points, two points dropped. Um, unfortunately, and I think our expectations now are so high that I think it draws for us are going to feel like defeats. And yesterday certainly felt like a defeat. I don't think I think that's the most disappointed I felt this season. Even even more so than after the United game, which which we lost. I think that just goes to show how far the team's come and how well we've been playing and. Um, it's it's a good sign, really, to, to feel like that. I think, but yeah, super super frustrated to be honest.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I always look at it. I, I try to look at it like for me, if you're if you've gone away from home, you go behind and you fight yeah. back and, and get a draw. You kind of think that's a point game, regardless of who you're playing. Really, if you if you're behind and you come back, whereas if you if you go in front, particularly as you say against a team like Southampton, where they are in the league and what their recent results have been, it is. It feels much more like two points drop, regardless of the, how the game went or anything like that. Just the fact that we led it early on in that game, we, we got the platform to go on and win the game, and we didn't, we wasn't able to do it. So, yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I do feel it is, it feels more like two points drop than one point gain, even though we could have lost at the end because they were the better team in the second half. And certainly after they equalised, we, we could have easily lost that game. So, I mean, Tom, how did you feel about that at the end? I mean, it was. It was a very, very um, mixed performance from Arsenal, wasn't it? I say mixture of some good things, very good things at the beginning and some really poor things as the longer it went on, really. I mean, do you think it, Do you feel like it's a point gained or are you as frustrated as, as me and Jerome are about it?
2: I think it was one of those. I think going into this, we'd lost three out of five uh, at their ground. Um, I might be wrong on that, but it, it felt like that. Um, it's definitely a game of the two halves. We were superb <laughs> in, in places in the first half but the second half was really quite disappointing and shocking really Uh, couldn't hold the ball Um, simple Mm. passes would be missed all the simple things that Arsenal do and uh, in attacking senses we failed to do and we let them back in to be honest we took our foot off the gas we look a bit disjointed at the back and Mm. and they overrun us and they deserved the point and they could have got more Um, Mm. but How do I feel about it? Um, You know, we're still top of the table, uh, two points clear. And uh, who would have thought last season that we'd be in this position? Because we are overachieving, I think, uh, at the moment. We've we've got a lot of games coming. We need to sort ourselves out. We need to put performances together, not in the first 45, but the whole 90. That's Mm. the problem. And I think we're getting gaps as well. When we're looking to the bench we haven't got any real game changers at all. That's the problem. And I also see this in the Europa League as well. You know, um, we're putting out a certain slide, lots of changes. But can we, when it gets tougher, when it gets tighter, can we actually produce the goods? That's, that's a big worry going forward.
0: Yeah, no, and I, and I 100% agree. I, I think maybe... Um... Slightly, I would say I slightly disagree with the fact we don't have game changers on the bench. I think maybe we've got one or two that don't seem to be used very much. I mean, Manquios springs to mind. You know, if if you're going to bring on a player to play in a wider position, which he did when he brought Eddie Nketiah on, who's a centre forward, why not bring on a player who naturally plays in a wide position like Manquios? Why not do that? And then, you know, if you wanted to make that, ch- I mean, personally, why take off Martinelli when he was actually playing quite well in the game um, and we needed a goal t- to win? I mean, it seems a strange substitution. Anyway, If you're going to change a wide player, bring on a wide player. You know, he's starting Tommy Asu at left back when he's a right back, pre- predominantly a right back. He's certainly a better right back. And we've got a natural left back on the bench. And then he makes a change, he takes Ben White off, who actually was doing okay. And it's like, hang on a minute, you know, what what's that? What are you actually doing? What have you what are you watching that we're not seeing? You know, if you to me, it was obvious take Tommy Asu off. That was his first obvious change because he was struggling at left back big time, and Ben White was doing okay at right back. To me, that was the first change to make, right? And he didn't. He he, he took the wrong fullback off. Then you're looking okay, you want to freshen up your front three, you want to get Eddie and Ketty on he's a striker. Yeah, we, we need a goal, get play two strikers. Take, maybe take Martin Elliott off, but play Eddie and Ketter as a second striker? No, he didn't. He took Martin Elliott off and played Eddie and Ketter on the wing. And it's like, makes no sense. It's, for me, that game yesterday, maybe a little bit similar to Lee's last week, and this has happened too many times, it's too inflexible. We have to play this one way only, and even though we, we, the game's not going well, I'm going to make changes, but we're still going to play exactly the same way. We're not going to play too up front. We're not going to change our system to adapt to the situation that we now find ourselves in against a team that have changed their style of play, as Leeds did last week. They made a stub at half-time Leeds. We didn't deal with that. Southampton changed the way they played in the second half. We didn't adapt to that. And in the end, last week we got away, with it. this week we didn't. And these worrying things keep coming back. It's not like it's, it's something that you feel, OK, fair enough. It's happened once, He's going to learn. It's happened last season loads of times. It happened the season before loads of times. It's like, this is what's concerning me. I mean, Jerome, what did you make of all them substitutions? Because to me, it's like, Again, he's done it before. It seems like he hasn't really got a clue how to change it when things aren't going well.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think I think not having Smith-Rowe there is uh, is pretty unlucky that he hasn't had him to choose from. But you know what? To be honest with you, we've only really got a couple of our first-team players out. We're lucky we haven't got four or five of our first-team players out. We've, yeah. we've actually been quite lucky for us. Um, I think... Look, the, the trouble is, after the first 11 or the first 12, the difference in quality, I think, is still quite big. And mm-hmm. to try and rely on Enketia or Marquinhos to come on and change the game, it's it's like you're playing your sort of your last hand. You're, you're really rolling the dice with that one. And look, let's face it, half-time the game should have been over. You shouldn't have even had to make those decisions because you take those chances. And I think, like Tom said, I think... Really, he summed it up. We, we took our foot off the gas when we went went one nil up. I mean, party was like playing in second gear. Like he looked amazing the first half, but it looked like he was there was no effort for him. Um, but yeah, the substitutions. I don't think there's perfect substitutions to be honest for our team. Maybe he could have put Nketiah and Jesus up front together. Mm. Perhaps I think he tried that pre season, and we haven't really seen that since. No. Um, I understand the uh, bringing Tierney on. I think it's in terms of starting Kim, I know you didn't ask this question, but starting Tommy Asu instead of him, I think maybe he thought that Southampton were going to be dangerous from set pieces and maybe he felt having Tommy Asu's height instead of Tierney might have been a might have been a good way of stopping well, the he scoring did, from set he pieces. He's already
0: got three centre halves in the team with Ben White, Gabriel and Saliba. If we can't deal with set pieces with three centre halves already in the team, why does he need Tommy Asu as well? You know, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's the only sort of conclusion I can draw from that because obviously going forward, it's a it's a no-brainer who who brings more to the team. Hmm. Um, also, he played I mean, the other we're night. Still,
2: we're still people short though, aren't we? Really, like in in terms of new additions, we we need I, I would say probably about three to uh, bolster up the side, give us some more options because I don't think we've got enough options.
1: Yeah, I think. When, yeah, you're right. I think when when it comes to rely on players to come on to change the game then I think you're in, not danger territory, but it can go either way. I think it's it's hard to rely on your subs to come in and change the game with 20, 15 minutes left when, you know, they've got to maybe get time to get into the game. I mean, we saw that with the Vieira sub. I mean, Vieira came on, obviously. I think he's a quality player, but mm. sometimes it's hard to get into a game. and um Yeah, but you're right. I think we do need better, better strength in terms of coming off the bench to change things, but it just didn't didn't go away yesterday.
0: No, it, it didn't. And I say, I don't think that the substitutions helped. Um, you know, they, they probably hindered us, if anything. I just didn't think they would have. Yeah, what other options have we got? That is that is probably the ultimate point, isn't it? You know, who else have we got? I, I maybe would have given Manquios a go, perhaps, in that game. Um, something a bit different he offers, maybe. Um, but, yeah, it, it is difficult because we don't have, as Tom rightly says, we don't have that strength in depth and, you know, mm. I, I'm worried, I've got to be honest, I'm worried about this strength in depth, not not in terms of obviously challenging for the title, which I don't think we're anywhere near ready for as a squad anyway, but even just for the top four. When you look at some of the, the, the clubs around us, you know, Newcastle now are making a, are making a play um, you know, they're going to spend more in January, I'm sure. Um, you know, and the, the other teams that we're battling against have got much bigger squads, much better strength in depth. Chelsea, Manchester United, Tottenham, you know, they've all got more strength in depth than we have. And our first 11 is better than all of them. We, we can clearly see that. When, it, when everything goes our way, our first 11 in the team, we're very difficult to to beat. But as Jerome said, we've been lucky with injuries so far. You know, we're not really missing that many players. And if we, if we start missing three or four more, we are going to really, I think we're going to struggle just to hang on to the top four as things stand with this squad. But luckily, there's only a free is it three more Premier League games before the World Cup and then January comes around? Well, we've got two more before January comes around around Christmas time. But there's not many more games, is there, to get through before January. I mean, Tom, do you think we are going to spend enough serious money in January to turn us from a team that may be hanging into the top four to one that can be securely in that position for the rest of the season? Because it's going to get harder after Christmas with the Europa League knockouts. The FA Cup, if we want to bother with that this season, the, the Carabao Cup potentially. I mean, do we are, do we need to spend money? I think we do, but are we going to spend enough money to boost that squad enough to give us these better options in games like this and and last week against Leeds when we're struggling and we need something different off the bench to come on.
2: Well, you know, it's Arsenal, isn't it? We don't like January very much. We don't. Uh, we've not got a history of spending, but we do need to make some additions if we're serious about keeping where we are, uh, keeping in the top four, going some distance into the cup competitions. We need to reinforce, we need some new additions mm-hmm. and not just any old Tom, Dick and Harry. We need some quality players mm-hmm. because the, obviously the, the objective is to get into the Champions League. Now, if you went into the Champions League with this squad, we know it wouldn't be good enough because the, yeah. the quality is so high. So, I mean... I would love to say we'll get three players and we'll spend some serious money. But it's Arsenal and we, we don't really have a history of doing it. So I can't see it happening.
0: No, I mean, you're right. We don't generally do that, especially, I mean, you saw what happened last January. We didn't sign anybody. Uh, and, you know, when, when, you, when you think back, just around Christmas time last year, we were in good form. We were in the top four. Things were going well. That's the time to reinforce, isn't it? This January, it's likely we're going to be in an even better position. Because we, we could still be top of the league, you know, if, if the results go well over the next few weeks. We, we could be, you know, in January. Well, everyone's so,
2: trying to help us out, aren't they, Rich? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you think you think about it, though. If, if we are, if we're in January, when the January window opens, if we are still top of the league, we, which we could well be, surely that's the time for me to say to the club to look at it and say, you know what, this is the time to reinforce this. Let's push this advantage home and let's strengthen our squad and let's make sure that we've got enough to minimum to get in the top four minimum you know and if we don't do that in January that would be to me that would be a big big mistake you know we haven't wouldn't have learned from the mistake we made last January which cost us top four is you know surely we can't make that mistake again you know when when it's obvious isn't it now from everybody can see now we're 11 11 Premier League games into the season we've played four games in the Europa League Um, everybody can quite clearly see that the squad depth isn't strong enough to compete in, in the league, in Europe and everything else. It isn't. That's obviously, we can obviously see that, can't we? Um, yeah. But have the results covered that up a little bit? The fact that we are top of the league, nine wins out of 11, you know, four out of four in a mm. Europa League. I mean, Jerome, do you feel as though that could be the other side of it? It's obvious we need to strengthen, but are the results covering that up a little bit? And people think, that maybe the people at the club we don't need to spend money. We're doing all right as we are.
1: No, I think, I know we're top of the league and all that, and I don't want to put a are down on things, but there has only been what 11, 10 or eleven Premier League games. Like, mm. there's such a long, there's such a long way to go.
3: Yeah,
1: um, you know, a couple of, you know, a couple of results that don't go for us, and all of a sudden, the table looks completely different. Mm. Um, I'd like to think the people in charge are intelligent enough to know that, regardless of where we are at the moment or where we're not, we we need a bit of extra strength. We we are we are very reliant. On a few players, I mean, in particular, Saka and, and Martinelli. If anything happens to those two, then you lose so much going forward. Um, there's a couple of others as well, obviously, but to rely on those 20 you know, they're 21 year olds, they're basically helping, you know, they're not carrying our attack, but they're playing a massive part of it. Um, look, I think they obviously wanted to sign someone in, in um, they tried to sign Douglas Louise, didn't they? So you're probably thinking they'll look to maybe strength in the midfield, mm. and we're definitely either one or two attackers short. So, you know, hopefully they'll they'll do something in January. Um, and obviously that'll be different to what they did last January, when mm. you know there was an extra a little bit of extra push. And right, and you, you know, you rightly said that that could have got us top four. And hopefully they would they will have learned their lesson. And if they're going to sign someone in the summer, try and bring it forward to you know to January. This World Cup is going to is it's crazy that this World Cup is happening. And so God knows what's going to happen, you know, at the end of it, because you're getting people putting up now with injuries, Reese James. Um God knows what's going to happen, you know, during the World Cup. And then literally it's straight back into it. So it's such it's such a crazy time. Um yeah, it's it's interesting to see what's going to happen.
2: I think the fixture list is just uh, kind of killing us as well, like killing everybody. It's not just us, but it's so many games. I mean, it's ridiculous how many games there are. Uh, makes your yeah. podcasting a bit difficult as well, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> I mean, it does. It, it obviously does because there's too many games and it's too many. But no, I mean, uh, it is the, the fixture schedule this year to fit in the World Cup has been mad. And it is it does seem crazy that they've even contemplated a World Cup in the middle of the season. I mean, it's just absolutely madness. Um, and, yeah, we don't know what the um, outcome of that's going to be, do we? For us, for other clubs, injuries and God knows what else. And, you know, quite often after a World Cup, there's a lot of transfer activity because players have stood out in the World Cup and suddenly there's interest by players, this that, and the other. Um, and there might be a lot of movement in January due to that. Who knows? More more so this January, perhaps in previous Januaries, where it's generally a little bit quieter, isn't it? This could almost be ended up like a, another summer window, couldn't it, in a way, mm-hmm. because of the World Cup. And people will be wanting to buy players that have suddenly caught their eye. So I don't know. It's at this moment in time, this, this season so far has seen, it all seems very surreal because one, we're top of the league and actually winning games for a change. So that, that doesn't seem quite right. You know, there's a break coming up in a few weeks time in the middle of the season for a month which again doesn't seem right there's a world cup in the winter you know you used to world cups aren't you you can go in a beer garden watch the world cups in, in the sunny weather and we're going to be you know freezing to death because we're kind of heat our homes up so god knows what we're going to do um so, know, a parker. yeah i think that's what it's going to be so it's just going to be it's all it's all surreal at the minute nothing seems quite right does it um and, and you know what's going to happen in january is anyone's guess really at this moment of time but I think fundamentally, we do need to buy some players. I don't think there's any any question about that. And I just hope that um, the, the, the people in charge of the transfers, the club, the, the money people, don't get a little bit too carried away with the results and think, oh, you know what? No, things are fine. It's all right. Let's leave it. We, we're doing great. Let's carry on um hopefully that won't happen because i say that would be a disaster at this point because we've started to see the tiredness creeping in already haven't with number of games we started to look tired we look very tired against leeds we look very tired yesterday in the second half and yeah this is where you need a squad you need a squad that you can come in and, and can do a job for you and that's how that's what makes a successful team isn't it, at the end of the day you don't win anything with 12 11 13 players you need 15 16 18 good players that can come in and do a job and we don't really have that do we? at this moment in time um but despite all of that, we are still top of the league. So let's not, you know, let's not too get down about it. But it's, you know, I, I, I just felt as though that the last two games, you know, last week we beat Leeds. And I think we were all pretty happy that we'd beaten them. But I think that the problems were there for all to see. We were lucky. But ultimately, when you think about it, the last two games away from home, we've got four points. We could easily have got one because we, we could easily have lost to Leeds the way that game went quite easily and we would have come out with nothing um, and mm. you know, we got a draw with Southampton so um, I don't know we, we've maybe come out of those two games in a better position than we perhaps deserve when you look at the way the games went so we can't be too down it but it's a little bit worrying for me the performances how they've suddenly dropped off when we were you know it was free flowing we were battering teams really not that long ago where we scoring goals and now we seem to be really struggling we can play for 15-20 minutes half an hour and then we run out of leagues. Um but you know I guess that's as we said, the fixture congestion, the games that we've got and the lack of depth. But do you not feel a little bit grown that maybe Arteta isn't 100% trusting some of these players that he's got in his squad? You know, he, he doesn't want to give them much game time, does he? And then when they do play, there was that game, wasn't there, Against was it the, the game against um, the Norwegian team at the Emirates, where he did make a few changes and then he, he brought on all the sort of first team players, if you like, in the second half. And then he said, well they didn't look so good because they're not used to playing together. So why did you not give them more time together? Why did you then take them off with 35 minutes to go? You know, it's almost like he doesn't trust them enough. Is it because um, they're not playing regularly enough or is it just because he doesn't feel they're good enough to do or they haven't demonstrated they're good enough to do the job? I mean, that's a worry for me though, isn't it? Because there is players, it's his squad, he's got to use them surely more.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think he's obviously got his preferred players and I think as an example of that, I think Jesus has started every Every Premier League game, and yeah, fair, like fair, fair, fair enough. But for Nketiah, that doesn't you know that's that's not great for him, is it? Like not even not even one,
0: not started one one league game. Um, it's exactly the same as last season when Lacazette was playing every week, even though he yeah. wasn't even scoring. And then Eddie was on the bench, and finally Lacazette got injured, so he had to bring Eddie in, and Eddie scored a few goals. Yeah,
1: yeah, um, I th- yeah. It is the same as last season. But I think I saw something whereby I think we're the team that's changed the least amount of players in terms of like our starting eleven. Mm. But you can't knock the manager because they're top of the league. So it's, um, it's hard to really have a go at his selection when, when the team are in the position they're in. Um, I think the way he's managing this Europa League, I mean, we might come onto it like for the team for Thursday. Mm. I have been surprised how, how strongly he's gone in the Europa League. But I, mm. I just think it's due to lack of, lack of other options um to be honest. Um especially especially in the midfield. Like you've got Jacker basically starting it starting every game. Oh, yeah. Obviously there's no there's no El Nini that's about he, he would be playing in these games. Um but yeah he's got he's got his he's got his favourites and he's not he's not he's not afraid to just continue with them. Um but I don't know if we I mean what change like what changes would, would you make to the starting like the team that he's been picking it's there's not really too many i mean the center backs pick themselves um the backs, you could possibly argue with tierney and tommy asu you can't ben white's been unbelievable party picks himself jack is probably first name on the team sheet at the moment the front three pick themselves like you're, you're going to play your strongest team like i think that's just that's just how he's that's just the way he is at the moment
0: yeah, yeah, I mean, you are. And obviously, I think every manager is picking a team that they think is the strongest team for each game to win the game. But then pretty much every team in the Premier League, I mean, as you said, we've made the least amount of changes. So other teams are changing their players because you have to to keep the the freshest players playing i mean you you know you're saying who have we got but let's be honest we've basically got you know yes we've got one or two injuries but we've almost got two players at least for every position so we could rotate Hmm. a lot more than we do not rotate everybody at the same time but for example you know as you said the two fullbacks we could we could easily be playing tommy aso and tia anymore as as both of them could play in the premier league not really going to weaken the side ben white could come in at center back give saliba a rest in the odd games not going to really weaken us too much uh, you know, mm-hmm. in midfield, you know, yes, is Laconga good enough? We don't know. We're not seeing enough of him, have we? Give you know, maybe mm-hmm. give him a game or two. He had to play when Party was out. Um, you know, and, and in, in the front three, our biggest our biggest issue is the front three for me because Saka and Martinelli are so important. We haven't got anybody who can come in and do that job. Um, and is, is Eddie and Ketio as good as Jesus? No, he's not. Quite honestly, so that's weakening the team. I think in the other areas we could maybe rotate without necessarily weakening things too much. I do feel in, in the front three is our problem. I also would look at Erdegaard for um, for Fabio Vieira. i would give Fabio Vieira more game time because Erdegaard can be very ineffective. He likes his little fancy flicks and he's quite good with, you know, he, he can pass the ball quite nicely in little tight areas. But when it comes down yeah. to the battle that we had in the second half against Leeds, the second half yesterday, you don't see him. He's not there because that isn't his type of game. And in those sort of games, we need something different, don't we? And I think we've got options. We can make more changes than we're making without necessarily massively weakening the team. And he's choosing not to do it. And I think that's, is that a trust issue? I don't know. I mean, Tom, what what would, do you think we have got more options to, to rotate more than we are? I'm not saying make seven, eight changes every game, but we could certainly change a couple of players here and there without weakening it too much. I think we could.
2: Well, first point is Zinchenko is a big miss for me. Uh, I really like him as a player. And if he had been available, I think he would have been straight in. Uh, We'd have another issue there. But uh, I think the first 11 picks itself as it is now. And uh, we have got limited options. The thing about the last two games is excellent in that first 45. And then I don't know what happens. Obviously, you've got to give the other team some credit because Leeds came at us. Southampton did the same. And they gave us problems that we couldn't cope with but we should have coped with. Um, we're kind of making them look really excellent by all those simple things I said, like, you know, the possession, mm. the passing of the ball, the short and the long passes were awful yesterday. You know, uh, it, was, it was like I varnish at, at points in time. Um, I think he's pretty restricted in what he's got to play with, to be fair. But uh, Marquinhos, I'd like to see a lot more of because I think he's an exciting dynamic player. Um, and obviously you've got this uh, who's got their toolbox out there <laughs> and you've got all these uh, sort of problems with um, you know, picking your best back four I, I, Ben White, obviously I would put him in he doesn't seem to trust Kieran Tierney at the moment, I don't know whether that's yeah. preserving for later in the season but Kieran Tierney must be really frustrated because uh, when he was in the Europa League, he was playing really well and really then the really? following game he was uh, he was bummed off. He was out. For so a right back. Uh, yeah. Well. It's, yeah it and, and I've got to be honest, I love Tommy Asu. I love his appetite. I love his desire, mm. his physicality. Um, but really, I saw him turned over a couple of times in the last couple of games. And mm. uh, it's just constant pressure. And there was no one else to relieve that pressure. So he had a little bit more work on a, on his unfavored side but i think we're pretty restricted and that's why the january transfer uh
0: window is probably the key point well yeah i mean it's gonna it's gonna be interesting for certain isn't it to see what we do in january first of all that's gonna be we're all gonna be waiting with bated breath i'm sure to hope that <laughs> we, we make some um recruitment in some way or other but i still think that we could make more use of the squad than we are um and yeah, Kieran Chin is a case in point. He should be playing more games. Um, and I say you, you could put, you, you could rotate the centre back with Rob Holding, uh, not Rob Holding, with um, with Ben Wyatt could come in as a centre back, couldn't he? That is his more natural position. He's playing well at right back, but Tommy Asu is a great right back. So that's, as I said, that's not weakening the team, is it? Um, yeah, but I, I don't know. I do feel as though he should be resting, or not resting, but rotating the players a little bit more to keep them a little bit fresher, because has, we're starting to see us looking very, very tired. And that's a worry yeah. when, you know, we've only, what, a third of the way through the season, aren't we? So, a lot of football is And the way. I've got to go into back,
2: Rich, for my boy Odegaard. Uh, I think some of the best things that we did yesterday was Odegaard. For um, 10 minutes, that, that yeah, for the first 10 minutes. But that's <laughs> enough to get your goals, isn't it? Well, it wasn't you know, yesterday. Well, no, it wasn't yesterday. But he's the boy to release. He finds that space. He finds those little corridors to pop the ball through. Uh, he might de- defending and that is not his forte. And I don't really want him back there
0: because he's given away penalties before now. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, it's horses yeah. for horses. It is, and I mean, funny enough, um, yesterday um, while the game was on, and certainly looking back on it, I. I the, the one thing I couldn't get out of my head, and it, and you know, you're probably going to not agree with me, either of you probably. But for me, um, I can remember not too long ago we'd play some rather difficult away games, especially physical away games, and everybody would say Meza Erzul disappears in them games, doesn't do anything, and he he never used to like defending. He wasn't very good at defending. He couldn't tackle anybody, um, and he was very good with a ball at his feet. He could make these nice little passes. And what I'm seeing in Martin Erdegaard is a younger version of Meza Erzul in in a lot of ways. Yes. Attitude different, of course, he is. I might know the guy's got a much better attitude, there's no doubt about that. But I mean, in terms of the influence he's having on games, and you know, when the going gets tough, when things aren't going our way, that's when you need players to dig in and and fight a little bit more for the team. And I don't see that with Martin Odegaard, really. And I, I didn't see it, it with Meza. We didn't see it with Mesut Erz, we did we? None of us did. That, that was why it, it didn't quite work out as it should have done. So, I don't know. I'm getting a few little worrying signs with that. You know, you, you see more, you, you learn more about a team, more about players when things aren't going your way than you do when everything's flowing brilliantly and you're playing well. When we're doing that, Martin Odegaard looks world-class, doesn't he? You know, when everybody's playing well around him, he looks brilliant. But when it's not going so well, he doesn't tend to, get involved enough. He's not involved in the game. But That's isn't that a possession
2: thing, Rich? Isn't it? If you don't hold your possession, yeah, uh, he looks worse because we're just losing
0: yeah. the ball. Silly balls we were losing yesterday. Yeah. Getting no, nicked no, off his
2: toe, it was ridiculous.
0: No, it, it was. And, and that, you know, obviously the more possession of the ball that you have, the more your uh, technical players are going to come to the fore, aren't they? Because you've got the ball. Um, But this is what I'm saying. This is the same with Mesut Ozil. was exactly the same. When we had possession, he was brilliant. But when we didn't, and you need to dig in and fight, that's when, and that's why it doesn't surprise me that Martin Herdergaard keeps getting taken off every week because he's getting taken off every week because um for this reason, I think in certain games when that's what we need, he's, I mean, Vieira's coming and he's not really that sort of player either, let's be honest. He's not going to, you know, he's tiny, isn't he? He's not going to be able to win all these big tackles. I mean, Southampton yesterday, all their players are about eight foot four. They're all like, rugby players, weren't they? You know, <laughs> you, know, you know, that's that's the way that game went. It was just the way they were. But it, it seems to have started to be a little bit of a trend for me though with Martin Herdergaard. He's brilliant when we're playing well. When we're not playing so well, he's struggling. I think to um, to stamp his authority on a game, which yeah. you, you need players to do that when because things, things don't go well all the time, unfortunately, as much as you want them to. Um, I mean, do you own, have you noticed that with, with Martin Erdegaard? I mean, you know, I'm not saying you know we should get rid of him or anything like that. And you know, I do feel he's a great player, but when when things aren't going well, he needs to, as the captain of the team as well. I think he needs to really step up and lead on that pitch, and I don't think he does. He's not.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's not I I don't think he's he's the captain of the team obviously because of like being a typical or stereotypical leader. I think when Odegaard is look there's no doubt in his his quality. I think every Arsenal fan could agree he's, he is a quality player.
3: Yeah. I
1: think he's at his best and you can you can see this when you watch him play. There's moments in games when you can see in his mind he's thinking right I've got to get on the ball. Like I want I want to be involved um and he can like not take the game by the scruff of the neck, but start to dictate and get on the ball. And there are a lot of moments in games when that's not the case. But if, when, when he, if, he's, if he's touching the ball the whole time, getting involved, he, he looks brilliant. And he, he, he can do that because he's got a bit of licence to move into different areas of the pitch, collect the ball from maybe a centre-back perhaps. Um, and that's that's when he's at his best for me, When he when you can see... That he wants it and he wants to get involved. Um and I think he just needs to do, do a bit more of that to be honest in games because look, the more he's on the ball, there's a ch- the more chance there is of him doing something. Because like Tom said, like he's he's gonna create things for us. Whether we finish him off or not is something different, but mm. he will create and that's the beauty of Odegaard is he could be having a proper quiet game, you don't notice him, then one pass and it's a goal. Um so if he was to just get more involved, I think. Um, I think maybe we wouldn't be uh, we wouldn't be chatting about him going sort of missing during games. Um, I think he's made a bit not a rod for his own back, Arteta. But you know, it is it is hard to keep bringing your captain off, isn't it? When you make someone captain, ideally you want them on the pitch the whole game, don't you? Really, of course
3: you do. yeah, do. Um, yeah.
1: But I think he's the cap He's a, made him captain because I think he just likes his sort of personality, his ethic, his work ethic, his attitude. That's why he's the captain rather than over anything else. I think.
2: Do we think the uh, formation change might have done something to assist Odegaard as well, to, to keep him up? We could have, like, bought, the, bought someone extra into midfield. Maybe, I don't know, uh, pushed Xhaka up, even though he's up quite a lot of the time these days. Uh, I'm glad to say I am a Xhaka fan at the moment. Uh, what's the time? I think a formation change might might have helped. Uh, that might be one of the problems we suffer from because we don't change our formation depending on the opposition, do we? We just keep going with the same thing. Uh, we we yeah. offered nothing new. There was nothing original and then we bought on some subs that didn't have the chance to actually work.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you said a little bit earlier, Tom, about, you know, the fact that in the last two games in particular, um, you know, in the second half, it's been a different game. The reason why it's been a different game in the second half of those two games is because the home team made adjustments to counteract the fact that they were getting outplayed in the first half. They made, you know, Leeds made a substitution with Bamford, Southampton just changed tactically the way they set up um and what did we do to counteract that nothing and that's why the games in those second halves went the way that they did because we didn't do anything to counter the change the opposition had made not you don't necessarily change your your, your players on the pitch necessarily you don't have to make substitutions to change you can change yeah, tactically great. how you set up to counteract. and i'll tell you, in that game yesterday in particular i noticed every time there was a, a stop in play for an injury or something like that all the players were back over there and he was re-coaching them it's like hang on a minute you've 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 prepared for this game You've, you've told your players what to expect from this game, what they need to do. You've told them this for the last two years, some of them, some of them for the last six months, or whatever. They know what they've got to do. Let them get on with it. Don't constantly have to tell them every little thing that they've got to do. If they don't know by now, they never will. Because you know that. I can imagine what training is like. With it, if he's like that during a game, you can imagine what he's like during training, right? He's drumming it in from drumming, it interim, drumming it interim, right? When they go out on that pitch, they either know what they need to do or they don't. And if they don't know what they need to do, then that goes down to the fact he hasn't put it across right in the first place, or they're just not good enough. One of those two things, and if they do know what they're doing, obviously, we hope that they do. Let them get on with it. Let them get on with it, and make changes when you need to. You know, you don't need to coach your, your team every single five minutes. You know, let them play for twenty-five minutes, half an hour. Yeah, this is good. I'll sit back on my chair. I'll cross my arms. I'll enjoy this. Okay, this has gone wrong. Right, I'll get out there. You, you do this. We need to change this slightly. Yes, and then go back and sit down again for five minutes. But he doesn't. He's, he doesn't even stay in his technical area. He literally walks up and down the pitch He's on the pitch. It's like I tell you, you stopped playing six years ago, mate. Let them get on with it. You take a little step back. And <laughs> chill, relax, let them play. And if it's not, not going well, then you've got the opportunity at half-time or do, even during the game to make those little adjustments that you need to do to get things going right. You don't need to constantly coach them all the time for 90 minutes. You don't. And if you do... do, do not somebody...
2: think that's from the sidelines. He can, he can see where those... I mean, it was pretty obvious to us watching uh, at home yeah. in a comfy chair that we were getting rinsed down the channels. Yeah. Uh, we see him get, get rinsed left and right, uh, and maybe he's just sort of saying, "Look, you come over there or whatever." He, uh, I, I I disagree with the fact that you you can't coach uh, when you see things from a, a bigger
0: sort of portrait. No, no. Yeah, but he, he's doing it all the time for 90 minutes. So you can't tell me... So at no point in 90 he's minutes of what we're doing. Is he, is he not happy with any of it at any point. Because he's constantly on at them, isn't he? From the first whistle to the last. You very rarely see him sitting down. He sits down for like two seconds and that's it. The rest of the time he's up. He's shouting it about. He's calling players over. He's Cajoling them about, he's pulling them here, he's telling them now. Yeah. Every time we lose the ball, he's going like this get back, get back, get back in your shape. It's like they know what they're doing, they're professional, they're paid millions of pounds a year, mate. Let them do their job. You know what I mean? I just, it winds me up every single time I see it. He's got a t- rich, oh, he's you've right? got a bit
2: though. You, he's got a nice uniform, hasn't he? He's got the black
0: sweater and he's got the great trousers <laughs> know, with the black look, shoes and the white soles. fantastic. He does look fantastic. No doubt about it. He does he's look got great. wardrobe full of those. Uh, he mustn't have, yeah. He can't wear the one every game sure what shall i wear oh
2: i wear the black top with the gray trousers
0: yeah yeah he he doesn't he does look smart but i mean you know ultimately that's kind of not really the point but yeah he does (laughs) But he he does need. i just think he needs to chill actually i really do i think he needs to let the players have a little bit more freedom and i don't think that they and i think sometimes that that seems to be what's holding them back a little bit sometimes I, i get that feeling you know maybe that's not the case i don't know that's just what it feels like when you see how Animated he is constantly, you know, his hair's going to fall out. I'm telling you, if he keeps on like that, he won't have that lovely hair for much longer. He's going to end up like. Oh, he I'm telling you. he wants to be Pep anyway. He's going to end up looking like Pep, is not he? Be awesome.
3: <laughs>
0: but he does. He does need to chill. Do you not think, though, Jerome? Do you not think that maybe he needs to give the players a little bit more responsibility on the pitch rather than trying to micromanage him for ninety minutes every single game?
1: I'll tell. I'll tell you what backs up what you're saying, Rich is. The Man City game at home last season, when he wasn't there, and know, Airpod, that. Airpo- Airpod Albert was doing the coach or was taking the team that day. That that backs up your because know, they were unbelievable that that game, weren't they? It's the um, best performance
0: we've had since Arteta has been in charge, that by a mile.
1: Yeah, yeah, in- incredible game. To be fair, I, I I don't mind it. I'm I'm okay with it because he might be spotting things in games that either we're doing wrong or that they're doing that we can counteract. So I don't really mind that, but I can see that it can maybe irritate some people and just let, you know,
0: but if that's the case, so Jerome, why is, why do we not actually change anything? Why are we still doing exactly the same things constantly? We're not, it's not, if if we, if he was changing things because things were like in the second half yesterday, things weren't going well. If you could see him coaching and making a difference and saying, right, we're going to do this differently, but we're not. We still do yeah. exactly the same we were doing before he, he, he did it. It just, I don't know. I don't, I don't see what he's doing that's different and making it different.
1: It it might be something very subtle that that, that us me that, that, that mortal don't, you know, don't understand. It It, <laughs> it could be something like possible. that. But I'll tell you what, the thing is that, like, you know, when we had the, uh, during the sort of walk breaks, it was fantastic then, wasn't it? They were, because you, you could see if it, an actual change in the team, whether it's intensity, yeah. um, but yeah, I, I can sort of see both sides. I don't mind him doing it, but at the same time, maybe against Man City at home, we should let Airpod Albert take the team and see how we get on.
0: I would be tempted to let Airpod Albert take the team more than just that one game, <laughs> if I'm honest. Because I agree with you, that was... And I said it at the time, actually. One of the things that struck me most about, especially that first half, you know, obviously things went wrong in the second half due to yeah. red green decisions and red cars, all that kind of stuff. But the way that we played that first half, you didn't see iPod Albert, did you, getting up and shouting and waving his arms about But he actually sat down and watched the game and they were brilliant. Let him do it. He, did, he, did, he, didn't, he didn't want his ear- airpods to fall out, did he? He had to sit down. Well, yeah, maybe that's probably what it was. I think what we've got is
2: Arteta is one of these modern managers, isn't he? And there's a lot of it going on in the game now where they have to get up and gesticulate and sort of point here, there and everywhere, although probably no one's listening. But he's one of those uh, new sort of school managers, whereas you had the Brian Cloughs and all that mob Um, they just let you get on with it, shout a bit, and then give you a bollocking (laughs) in the uh, changing rooms. So it's it's different stuff. But uh, for me, uh, I know we're going to disagree, Rich, but I think Arteta's done a great job up till now, clearing out all the deadwood, replacing them with players that play his style of football or Pep's Mm -hmm. style of football, and, uh, you know, sort of cracking on. uh, We're not finished. We're not the finished article by any means. No. we're getting there. And uh, um, at least, I mean, bare minimum, you're seeing some performances that you're actually proud and happy about. And you can smile about maybe not the last couple of games, especially in the European games. But generally, I think we're on the up. I, I think it's mm-hmm. important to be optimistic about what's going on as well. Not to be too downbeat because we've got a draw and we don't win every match. No, no, no. But, you know, some re- reality, I suppose.
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, you know, the the fact that we've got a draw is not irrelevant, but that's not the main issue is, I mean, you know, it's more how we're playing, what the performances are like. And they have dropped off in the last few weeks. We were lucky against Leeds. There's no doubt about that. We shouldn't have won that game quite how we did. I still don't know, but we'll take it, obviously. And we'll take a draw against Southampton because it could have been worse, but we should have won, as we said. So, yeah, I don't know. There's, There's still a lot of worrying signs for me underneath. And the results have gone well. A lot of the performances, as you said, have massively improved this season to what they have been, you know, compared to some of the games last season even. You know, we're playing a lot better overall. But there's still these worrying things underneath to me that haven't really changed too much. And if they don't change, I can't see how long-term it's going to change enough that it needs to change to put us back where we want to be as a club, which is back challenging you know, in the Champions League, obviously, as a first step and then challenging to go far in that competition, challenging to try and win the Premier League, because, you know, that's ultimately what we're here for. You know, we're Arsenal. We're not, you know, we're not a Southampton or we're not a Brighton or we're not a team like that. You know, our, our aim, our, our job as a club is to get to a point where we can challenge for the title, you know, because that's where we should be as a club. And yes, it's not going to happen overnight. And it's, it's a, it, 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 we were a long way away from it before and we're getting closer. Hopefully, we're getting closer. We'll soon find out at the end of the season, I suppose. But you know, that should be the aim of the club to get to that point. And you know, however, it, and not not. He's taken what nearly twenty years already to get to without a league title. So it's taken long enough. We have waited long enough. It's not like people so show some patience. Well, I've, I've waited twenty years, mate. I'm showing my patience. I'm only now I'm starting to get the up because it, you know it's twenty years ago. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, well, I think the thing was, as well is we, we've said about clicking me knees when, when we last one, You know what I mean? <laughs> I think the
2: thing is we've we've seen the best part of the Wenger era and that was amazing and yeah. uh, that's a yardstick we we sort of try and judge everything by and maybe that's a little bit dangerous because I mean his last 10 years weren't the most fabulous were they they were patchy and we uh, you mentioned Ozil earlier on just throw this in Ozil yeah. and uh Alexis Sanchez when they were together that was amazing and when yeah. Sanchez left Ozil wasn't half the player, neither was Sanchez, just throwing that in. But yeah, yeah we, we we yeah. measure everything by Wenger's first 10 years. And uh, we want to get back to that. Of course we do. We want that Arsenal. That's our DNA. That's the one that excites us. The, those wow moments that you pay your money for, to jump out of your seat and see how brilliant they were and, you know, clap and cheer and all that sort of thing. We, we As you say, we're getting there, but it's a slow process and we, we've got to show a little bit more patience. Because from more. last year, to this is a little years bit more, 20 more, yeah. 20
0: years.
2: I know, I'm, I'm feeling every one of them.
0: <laughs> yeah, so am I. No, but I mean, obviously, we need patience because um, the way that football's changed with the money and stuff like that, you know, we were never going to be able to, you know, with a stadium move and everything else that came at that time. It was, um, it all kind of came together, didn't it? You know, we, we moved stadium. Then, as soon as we moved stadium and our money was tied up, Manchester City came into the equation, Chelsea came into the equation, and suddenly, from being a top two of us, a man knew it's gone to a top four, a top five, a top six, top eight now, when you look at it. So... Football has changed, yeah, and it is more difficult now and it was never going to be easy for us to to make that transition. Yeah, maybe Wenger stayed for too long and the process started later than it could have done, whatever, there's arguments for that. I mean, but ultimately that's in the past. What we need to worry about now is now what's happening now. And yes, we are moving forward. We have moved forward this season, there's no doubt. We're top of the league still, do you know what I mean? We're top of the league and it's nearly November. So when was the last time that happened? Probably six, seven, eight, nine years ago maybe. I can't remember it seems a long time ago, doesn't it? So obviously there's progress there. But the underlying thing for me, the the, the issues that I've seen negatively are still are still there fundamentally. I don't see an awful lot of difference. It's just that we've got a couple of better players in. Um, that the team have had more time or the, the system, they've had more time to work on it. So it now works more often than it doesn't um, and stuff like that. But it's funny, isn't it? Because on Saturday was our first draw of the season. Our first draw since, was it January? You know, we're not drawing games. We either play well and win or we lose. And th- th- that's still an issue. I think you need to be able to draw games. And in a way, Saturday was good because it was Sunday, so it was good because it meant we drawed a game that we didn't play very well in. Usually, we may want well to lost it in games. We were losing them before. But last season, we lost 13 games. And we had drew, what, three, didn't we? So we needed to turn half of those defeats, at least, into draws. And I suppose yesterday, we did do that in one of those games. So that's maybe a positive side in, in a way. But I don't know. There's still these... Issues that are still there, I can still see them, and they're still not improving enough for me after this amount of time. And then I look at Newcastle and look at Eddie Eddie Howe's coming in a year, and suddenly look at no look what look he came in, they were in relegation trouble, right? They'd been rotting that club, had been rotting for years. They were in a far worse state than we than we've ever been, right? Under Steve Bruce and before that, and their owners and stuff like that, right? And they were rotting away as a club. And he's coming in a year. Yes, he spent some money, but we spent money. Look where look at what look what Newcastle have done already in actual. Yes, it's, they're not going to finish in the top four necessarily. Well, they might do, but the season hasn't finished yet. But look what how quickly it, they've made progress. And it's taken why has it taken us three years to get to this point now when it's taken Newcastle a year, just over a year. I don't. Quite, Emirates. I don't understand that. The Emirates. That killed us i mean
2: wenger said yeah about the the stadium change uh when we went years
0: ago is, well, well, yeah i know but we've been suffering for
2: ago. about 10 years after that we didn't spend any real money i think we we've got strapped we had to sell player after
0: player after player after yeah player. then then we did then we did yeah for and 10 years it was a problem out. i agree but that was a long time ago now we're out of that now we we have broke our transfer record four or five times in that period in in those Intervening years, don't we? Ozil, Sanchez, Aubameyang—we broke our transfer record time and again. We spent money. We have spent money. We spent four hundred million under Arteta. I think it is in three years, and to make such small steps forward so slowly, and you know, and Newcastle is the example because they spent less money, less time, but look where they are. Look at the progress that they've made in that short. And they were in a far worse state than us a year ago. They was in a mess. We I think the as process, well top, was a mess.
2: I think as well with the Cronkies, they got it wrong when they, they took over the club. The structure was rotten from top to bottom. We yeah, had loads of yeah, 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 no driftwood players. They was. couldn't they bought him Raul. he was the big man who was going to sort everything out. What well, yeah. he did, he put it in his back pocket. <laughs> oh, uh, sorry, did, yeah. but he did, didn't he? He, he made yeah, these yeah. crazy deals, 70 odd million for Pepe, and mm. it was a waste of time. So we we've had to really start again as a club from the top to
0: the bottom or the bottom to the top, whatever direction you want to go in. And but I think even that's, so. Even so, that's still what we're still what three, two or three years along the line. We're still two or three years along the line, and we're still where we are now, as opposed to where we in that in that time where we could have been potentially if we'd moved at the same pace at Newcastle. Have just moved that.
1: I think I think the difference between us and there's a few differences between us and Newcastle. We had to pay players to leave. I don't think they had to do that. Um, the amount of churn in that squad that Arteta had, I think, since he came in, there might be maybe three or four players in the squad. That are still there now than when he took the job. I think with Newcastle, they've spent. I think they've spent two hundred million. I think in two windows, something like that. Mm. Um, and obviously, there's different league in terms in terms of money. And Rich, where would you rather be now? In our position or in their position in terms of the league table?
0: At this moment, obviously, I'd rather be top than be fourth. Of course, I, I mean that's <laughs> obvious. But it's more about where the direction that you can see the club going in and how quickly they're going to get there. Yes, Newcastle are in a different financial situation to we are. We know that they're in a very similar financial situation to where Man City were two years ago when they first got all their money um, and all that kind of stuff. But I was just looking at it more from the fact that a year ago when when Eddie Howe came in at Newcastle, the new owners had just come in, that club was a mess. They were far, they were much more, more more of a mess than we were in when we had Raul and all them sort of people messing things about. They were a far worse situation than, than we were and yet in that shorter space of time, they've progressed more quickly. That's the point yeah. I was making I think, I
1: think, yeah, I understand. What you're saying. I think because what we've had to do, we've had to knock it down and build, whereas they've just been able to build. They haven't had to get rid of 15 of their first team squad to do it. Like, they've just had to add, add They added a few players. Obviously, the coaches have been very good. And to be fair, I watched the Newcastle game yesterday against Spurs. They, they looked excellent. They actually re- reminded me of some of the football that we've been playing this season. But they looked... Amazing! They really look and I think they're going to be a big challenge to everyone that's going for these Champions League places because yeah, I agree. I agree. For, they're brilliant at home. Obviously, they're very good at home. But when 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 they start to win difficult games away from home, that's when they become a bit of a problem. They become a different yeah. animal when they can do that because they're not just relying on the sort of home crowd to sort of see them through games. Um, and they've. I, I think I can't remember who the manager was before at Newcastle, but obviously they were well they were well the underachieving because that. See, because they had a lot of those players still. Mm. Like they still had you had your Wilson was there. Um, yeah, they had um the Brazilian that they've moved positions Jordan, the midfield. Joe yeah. yeah, they've they've kept a lot of these players. Um so yeah, they haven't the, the difference they've had to make in terms of personnel isn't as much as what we've had. We had the Obamiang situation. Lacazette, Ozil, he's he's been he dealt all right. Bad old hand, Arteta. He had to change everything, and um yeah, maybe Newcastle have done it in a shorter period of time. But I think we just had so much more work to do. I think they
2: made wise buyers as well, didn't they? They didn't uh, sort of just splash the cash and hope. They bought some seriously good players. They've got they've got a decent team on paper. They've got a really decent team.
0: Mm. And they've got good backups as well. Actually, Newcastle—they've got a good squad. Actually, to come, and you've got to think they're not in Europe this season, so they've only really got the Premier League plus the FA Cup, which I'm sure mm, they want point. to do, yeah. do well in. So they can, you know, they can play a lot stronger team every week in the Premier League, especially in the second half of the season. And I think that's going to prove to be really, really important. And I will not be surprised if Newcastle do make top four this season, actually. yeah, um, at, who, at whose expense, we'll have to wait and see. Hopefully not ours. But <laughs> I do think they'll be in the top four. I've got, I think they've got a really, really good chance. Because I agree. I think that they look now like a real, a proper team, don't they? And the fact they can go away to Tottenham and one every single home match. And not only win, but actually dominate dominates Tottenham for much of that game and deserves yeah. to win as well. It wasn't like that we're fortunate. They deserved to win that game. They were a much better team. Than, and yeah, okay. It's what, easy what, to about Tottenham, yeah. to be honest. But,
1: what did you think about the first goal? Did you, what did you think about the first goal? Foul on Larice, or
0: or not? If it had been disallowed, I don't think anyone would have been surprised. Yeah. Um, because usually goalkeepers are very well protected, aren't they? Usually a goalkeeper goes falls down and it's a free kick. And I was quite surprised it was given, bearing in mind it was it was the goalkeeper that was in. But I didn't think it necessarily was a foul. I actually think that the goalkeeper, Lloris, ran into Wilson, didn't he? he? He he sort of came out to get the ball, wasn't going to get there, and then he just ran into him. And Wilson almost slowed down, didn't he? To, to, almost yeah. to avoid the contact. But like Wilson said at the end, he goes, I wasn't going to move out of his way. Of course not. He's not <laughs> going to move out of his way. And he just ran into him, didn't he? So I think yeah. it probably was the right decision to allow the goal. But if it had been disallowed, I wouldn't have been surprised because nine times out of ten... <laughs> That gets disallowed, doesn't it? Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, fair play to Newcastle. They they're doing well, and they they deserve where they are. I mean, in the league at the moment, at this moment in time, they're really starting. To, they've lost one game this season, like us. They've just drawn a few too many, you know. But um, it leaving itself out, I'm sure over the over the quarter. So actually while well, we've been while well, we've been going on about all this kind of stuff, so there's been quite a lot of comments actually that I've missed. So we'll go back through some. We've got Neil in the chat there. Uh, he says apologies for my absence tonight. I wish you all a great chat. Yeah cheers mate, good to good to see you. And uh, he says, Oh my God, I thought that was Melvin who had found his point. <laughs> well the, the family likeness you can't you can't <laughs> escape That's that's what it's all about. Um, and Neil says, I oh, was seriously frustrated. I was talking about the Southampton game. Yeah, I think mm. we are all pretty frustrated that you know, just the way it went. Um, Del Boy Gunner TV says, evening, Richard. Good evening to yourself, mate, as well. Good to see you. Hope you're well. Please check out Del Boy Gunner TV channel as well. He's got some great stuff on there. Um, Terry's always in the chat. He said, evening, Richard, Jerome and Tom, at plus all in the chat. How are you doing, Terry, good to see you. Um, what else have we got? Shane says, um, who can we get in January will clubs sell the quality of players? Well, yeah, that, that's that's an issue that we'll have to look at a bit closer to the time, I guess. There'll be players that, if, if you attempt them enough, offer them a bigger contract that they want, you can generally get most, and you can, if you offer the club enough money, they'll be part of them, won't they? Um, but yeah, we'll have to see. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see what happens with that. Uh, Neil says, uh, uh, when I'm so sure we will invest in January if players are available. Yeah, availability is an issue, obviously. If a player's tied into a contract, it's difficult to get out of them, isn't it? So we'll have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to be test. cheap. Sorry. It's not going to be cheap. That's for sure. No, it's gonna be cheap. No. We, else. Yeah, but that's the thing. Isn't it? If if you want to compete at the top level, if you want to win big trophies, you have to spend money to do it. Now that's the way football is. If you're not prepared to do it, then we need to accept that we're never going to do it, and we're just going to be long hope hoping to get top four every year. Which we we did it long enough, and I'm I'm kind of sick of that now. I want to actually do something a bit better than that now. I want to yeah. you know move. Head for that, and uh, Terry said so, uh, he's made a good point. Actually, There's a lot of our problems stem from Neil getting everyone excited, keep saying we're going to win four or <laughs> five minutes. Every week. I mean, you never did that, do you, Terry? You never say we're going to win four or five minutes. Every week. Um, but uh, but yeah, maybe Neil keeps saying we're going to win the league every week. Maybe everyone, ex- maybe everyone just believes him and thinks we are going to win. we're Southampton, it feels like a disaster, doesn't it? Um, but anyway, um, and uh, Neil says, There, uh, we are still winning the quad, <laughs> so there you go. you see. <laughs> I'm not quite sure which quad he means, but anyway, I'm sure. we. Um, James, is there. let's be honest, if we put away our chances and had good officials, we might not be f- uh, focused on squad depth with a few games through the window opens. Yeah, and i uh, say la- last week we got away at Southampton uh, at Leeds. We may have got away but yesterday. Yeah, a couple of decisions which we'll maybe talk about as well um, could have changed it. But ultimately, as we've mentioned, in that first 25 minutes, we had enough chances to won that game regardless. Two or three nil up, game done. Southampton don't come back from that. The game's over. And that was our own fault. We didn't take them chances. So we can look at referee decisions. So we could have had a penalty for this, that, and the other, and one or two other silly decisions that went on. But ultimately, we we controlled our fate in that game by not taking our chances when we should have done that at the beginning of the game. We were on top. I, I'm not looking to blame. The, I'm not looking for excuses other than the fact that we had the opportunity to win that game and we didn't take them. And we can't have any, we can't, you know, uh, have any reason to talk about that really. Um, so obviously, Neil and uh, Neil's um, his mum's not well at the minute, that's why he's not here. So he's just sort of saying, um, hopefully oh, she's better soon, as we all do. Uh, Terry says, oh, Arteta does like to give big pay rises and then uh, put them on the bench. <laughs> well, yeah, he, he's done that a couple of times, I suppose, but maybe he's perhaps learned from that. Let's let, let's hope so, anyway. Um, Neil says earlier, yeah, Paul officiating didn't help our flow. Uh, it's not all down to the players and tactics, but yes, all contributed. Mm, yeah, but again, we had our chances at the beginning. We could, if we were three it up, who cares what the referee does after that? Um, it, it's going to be done. Uh, Mark there says, depending upon availability, I think we uh, could push White into a defensive midfield position. That's an option, I suppose. This assuming Tommy is right back and Tierney is left back with Gabby and Saliba in the middle. Yeah, but again, you see, it's playing a player, not. I know he's played defensive midfield before, hasn't he, Ben White? He did it quite well for. Was it when he was on Leeds, wasn't it? Alone, he played. He pretty much played the whole hmm. season, didn't he? Lead, so he can play there that, I think that was in the championship though but um I like to see players playing in their natural positions I think if you play your players in their right positions, they're generally going to play better aren't they than filling them in somewhere else When I think that's been the problem with Tommy Asso, actually um uh Shane says there uh, um I think Charlie Patino is more ready to play in Premier League than Vieira um I like Vieira but he gets washed off it like <laughs> a I mean Charlie Patino is playing well in the championship which is a more physical league you have to say um, but I don't know would you like to see Carlo get a, maybe come back in January perhaps Jerome and you think he could come in and maybe do a job for us
1: I think it's a big ask of him to come in and play for a team that's pushing for top four or wherever you want to say our uh, say that we're aiming for this season I think it's too much pressure to put on him um, let him play the whole season and, and go from there
0: I 100% agree, I 100% agree with you. And it's going to do his development good anyway, isn't it, being in the championship for a season, he's doing well, and long may that continue, but yeah, I, I agree, I don't think it's the right time to bring him back in January, um, even though he may well be able to do a job, I'm not sure, but would you do that Tom as well, would you just keep him at Blackpool for the season and let him, let, let him learn and develop there?
2: Yeah, he's doing really well. So uh, leave him be, don't mess about with it and then judge it at the end of the season, whether he goes back on loan, uh, maybe to Blackpool again and, uh, you know, see where it goes from there. I think he needs a couple under his belt. It worked for Smith Row.
0: It did work for Smith Row, yeah. Um, and it's worked for other players. It worked for Salim as well, hasn't it? Let's be honest. He, he went out on loan two seasons yeah. and, you know, it's worked for him. So... Maybe that might be the path that Charlie Patino goes down. Who knows? But yeah, he's certainly doing well. It's good to see uh, one of our own academy Hale and guys coming through and, and, and playing well on loan. When I see that, don't we? Um, Mark C says, uh, "We most definitely miss um, Zinchenko's passing." Yeah, we've missed him. There's no doubt I've, he's he's been a great player. And it, the sooner he's back, um, the better. Neil says, "I can't wait for Charlie to break into the first team." Yeah, I'm sure he will eventually uh, when it, when his time's right. Um, and so he says, uh, Neil, stops trying to wind me up. No, he's, he's not winding up. I, yeah, I know he doesn't really think we're going to win the quad. Um, John's in the chat as well. He says, hi, everyone. i only joining you doing, John? Good to see you again, mate. Hope you're well. Um, Shane says, Erdogan can't always be a show pony. As a captain, we need him to uh, be a workhorse, uh, just a bit braver in the fight. Yeah, exactly. That's the kind of point I was making earlier. Shane, so yeah, I 100% agree with that. Um, and, yeah. Um, Mark says there, micromanagement. Yeah, that's what I was kind of talking about before when it came to Arteta, uh, definitely. Um, Mark says there, West Ham won Bournemouth, Neil Obviously, the Monday night game. Um, Bournemouth are uh, doing well, and now they're kind of losing again, aren't they? But anyway, I'm sure they'll, uh, I'm sure they'll uh, be all right. Uh, Neil says there, Wenger was the opposite, and he got criticism for that. Yeah, he did. He was the opposite. Yeah, he literally sat on the bench most of the time, didn't he? Apart from at Man United that time when he got sent off, and that's Struggling with, with his sip. He yeah never he a zip boy, his that's the way he sat down actually because he, he couldn't get his zip up so he thought oh, i'll just sit down probably um so that was that's probably what happened there um shane says that our setter is very animated on the sideline when pepe used to play he always looked confused from his instructions um it just looks like um a, a game is supposed to be steroids maybe but anyway charades no, I mean, sorry charades oh sh- oh sure shira- oh shira- yeah yeah oh, shira- oh, yeah i see what you I mean And no, that is exactly what it is like isn't it is it a film is it 4-4-2? Is it 4-3-3? Is it four, four, three, three? Who knows? Who knows what it is? We can't figure it out. Um, Mark made makes a good point. Some of the players look dated. Yeah, they do. That's because they're not being rotated enough, which is what we said before. Um, John says, uh, it was it was said Southampton was going to be difficult. Yeah, we said that last week. Uh, we escaped a result from Leeds, so it's balanced itself out. Yeah, I, I thought that a little bit. Yeah, it probably did balance itself out a little bit. If we'd won both of them games, it would have been very fortunate to have got six points for the way them, them two games went, actually. So we got four. Uh, which is probably more than we perhaps could have done. So um, Neil says they're nice and pragmatic. Yeah, it's, it's, it's spot on. It's absolutely spot on. Um, Mark says, uh, will you give Emery a warm welcome when he comes back to the Emirates with Villa? <laughs> That'd be interesting, won't it, actually? I would like to... I mean, he did come back to, to the Emirates, didn't he, when he was at Villa Real actually. He seems to like teams with Villa in the name, so it kind of suits him, maybe. Um, <laughs> but um, he, there was no crowding, was there, I don't think, when we played Real because that was... Or was there? There might have been some crowd, it wasn't many, was it? I think we only had like 2,000 or something. Whenever that semi final, was it? I can't yeah, sorry, something, something daft. Um, so he, he has come back already to the end. I don't know what sort of reception he would have got or what he will, reception he will get. I mean, I've got nothing against Emery. you know, he, he did his best that he could do, he wasn't the right man at the time, and that's it. But you know, um, I'm glad he went when he went, but. I've got nothing against him. I'll give him a little ch- I'll give him a little clap if he comes back. Um, Shane says, Yes, might I should think so. it uh, be a good evening. <laughs> it will be a good evening. Yeah, definitely a good evening if he comes back. I don't have any doubt about that. Um, John says, I sound like a stuck record, but unless quality signings are made in January, there's no way this squad will compete. Yeah, exactly. You're 100% right. We, I think we all know that because we've seen that already now, haven't we? We're starting to run out of legs already and we've only played 11. So God knows what's going to happen when we play 25 games with the same squad. So, um, so, yeah, uh, John says, aren't Arsenal one of the wealthiest clubs in Europe? Potentially. Our owners have certainly um, got enough money, haven't they? they got uh, they got billions. So, yeah, we are potentially one of the richest clubs, but it doesn't work like that always, does it? Uh, Terry says, not everyone's sorry he's off to work. Oh, Terry's off to work. Okay, mate, good to see you anyway. Yeah, well. Um, do well. It, yeah, it work. Uh, Neil says, there, uh, "Newcastle only just uh, breached the top four. Whether they remain there, time will tell. But I they've mean, not won anything yet. Not quite time to compare yet. Yeah, compare." Yeah, but you say that, Neil. But how, how many times in the last two years have we been in the top four? We 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 didn't. You know, last season we were in the top four a lot of times and blew it. But the two seasons prior to that, when this whole thing started, we were nowhere near the top four. Nowhere near it. Newcastle are in there already. Yeah, they might not stay there. Lot of competition, but uh, the progress they've made is quicker than, than our progress. That's that's the point, really. I suppose. Um, Mark C says there. Plus, we signed Pepe, and that was a player anyway. He didn't want. He didn't know he wanted Zaha. Yeah, he did. Um, and that's unfortunately what he got left lumbered with. Um, John says there was money wasted on players who weren't uh, Premier League material. Contracts were allowed to run down on good players. Arsenal were badly run when Dean went. Yep, hundred percent agree. Yeah, definitely. That's been yeah. the biggest. That's been the biggest um, issue for Arsenal in modern times, isn't it? David Dean leaving. Um, I can't wait to read his book, actually, to find out a bit more about all of that kind of stuff. That'll be really good. Have you? Is it out yet? It's not, is it? Yeah, I've, I've read it. I've read it. it. Is
1: Yeah,
0: it good? I've it's it. Excellent.
1: Good. Excellent, yeah.
0: Is there a lot of um, a lot of stuff that we wouldn't have known about in it?
1: Yeah, you know what? There is. There is. It's, yeah. Yeah, there's a few stories maybe that you might have heard in the past, but it goes into a bit of detail on a few certain things. It's definitely, yeah, I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, very has he got a lot about obviously how he left and how that came about and what happened
1: yeah he goes into quite a bit of detail about that how he left, how he got involved in the first place mm. um, a few of the signings that, that happened um, yeah very, it's very interesting yeah, highly yeah. recommended
0: no I'm, I'm definitely going to get that one I've got most of the other books so I need to get that actually because I wasn't even sure if it was out I know he did some book signings didn't he recently I yeah
1: we, that's where I got it we, we met him at the uh, Met oh, Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. Man, that was good, it? That was wasn't it? good. Yeah, very good,
0: yeah. Have you yeah. read that book, Tom?
2: No, I haven't. Um, I've been meaning to pick it up, but I haven't got round to it yet. It's uh, no. all these kids running around.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then a busy football fixture. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's been a busy fixture. List. It's not my like time <laughs> to sit down and read it in a minute, is it? Do you know what I mean? Yes, I mean it, yeah. I do anything else. But I've definitely I'll need think... to get that book because, I mean, David yeah. Dean, I remember when he first... Um, when he first joined the board in 1983. And That's it, yeah. Instantly, you could see the impact that he made. You know, not on the pitch, it took a little while longer. You know, we had about three more years to wait until George Graham came along, but... In those three years, you could see straight away the changes he was making. So, you know, the marching band got booted out. He, he put, a, like, a an, a public announcer in with records playing instead. He changed that, you know, and changed the programme, made it a more modern style. And he, he updated everything. And you could see straight away that the club are changing direction. And it took a while on the pitch for it to work. But, I mean, David Dean, for me, is he's probably more important to Arsenal's history than any, any manager that we've had in modern times, you know. Um, probably... The same impact that if you, you go back in history for someone like Henry Norris, who got us into the first division all that time, all them years ago, he had, and got Herbert Chapman in, into the club and all that kind of stuff. You know, th- those two people have probably had the biggest Im- impact on Arsenal's history, both the older history and the modern history, than any any player, any manager that we've ever had. And David Dean, for me, should he should have a statue outside of the Emirates without a shadow of a doubt, because without him, we wouldn't even be at the Emirates. You know, we'd still be at Highbury probably with 16,000 fans coming on a midweek day. That's, what I mean. that's what it were. And He transformed it. He did David Dean to me, he's like he's an absolute legend for Arsenal. I love the guy, and um, yeah, I'll definitely, I will definitely get what, be what a
2: drop it. down, Rich, to go
0: to Gazidis.
2: That was a drop, well,
0: down. exactly. I mean, that's what I mean. As soon as David Dean left, it just fell apart, didn't it? Very, very quickly, you know, and, he, and now we're trying to recover from that now. And yes, it's taken a long time. Um, and will we ever get back to Uh, being run in that way that we were run with, I mean, yes, I didn't always agree with everything David Dean did. He, you know, he was the one behind the Premier League and Sky, all that kind of stuff, which I kind of disagreed with. So, I didn't, I don't agree with every single thing that David Dean did, but the impact he had at Arsenal is unparalleled. Um, and respect massively, I love the guy for what what he did for Arsenal. And yeah, it's never been the same since he left, has it? Even Wenger said, Wenger almost left, didn't he, when Dean left, when David Dean left. It was David he says about, day, wasn't it, yeah, he mentions that in the book, yeah, yeah, so but yeah, um absolute legend so yeah definitely get that I'll be I'll be definitely getting that book and definitely I actually it. met him
2: outside Cardiff uh when we played Chelsea in the Cup final, uh and he shook hands yeah. with me it was like uh, ah, brilliant, I've met the man you know.
0: Yeah, oh, the man, the legend that, that is David Dean absolutely is a legend. What match. did he say?
2: Uh, first one in, last one out. He watched every
0: single team yeah. that Arsenal put out, which is amazing. But that's what you want. You see, you, you want the guy running your club, you want them to be a fan because they want what we want, don't they? Which is the, the biggest, most amount of success that you can get. And we haven't really had that, have we? There's no way the Cronkies are fans of Arsenal. They're fans of money and they're fans of American football and baseball. whatever else they're involved in. You know? <laughs> David Dean was a fan of Arsenal and that's what we need. We need somebody like that now, someone running a club. We need a fan, a rich fan somewhere. who has got the money that he had yeah, to buy in a club and take us where we want to go because that's, that's the way to do it, isn't it? Um, but anyway, um, John says there. Uh, um, Bazuna is a good keeper. He made a couple of good saves uh, and the pre- uh, penetration wasn't there. Yeah, I mean he's Irish, isn't he? Bazuna is he not? Doesn't he play for Ireland? He's not. Ireland, yeah, I think Ireland. he does. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Obviously, John's from Ireland, so he probably knows a bit more about um, Bazuna than, than we do. But yeah, he certainly had a decent game yesterday. He looked a good goalkeeper. Um, uh, let's have a look. John says uh, Unai Emery will always be welcome back to the Emirates. Yeah, I, I've got no problem with him. You know, I had a problem with him three or four years ago, but I don't have a problem with him now. He's gone. <laughs> you know, he's, he's done well for you.
2: Do, do you know what I think, Rich? He, he was a patsy for the club because it was so disjointed and uh, he never stood a chance. Yeah, no, uh, no, no, I agree. I
3: agree. The
2: hierarchy just put someone in. They just had to put someone in. They put him in and it was doomed to
0: fail. He never got the support. It's like it's like that. um when you're replacing somebody such a, a legend in Wenger, the same Man United had the same problem. that They appointed David Moyes. David Moyes was never going to be a success at Manchester United, and they never even expected him to be. But you've got to replace that legend with somebody. We had the same problem with Wenger. We had to replace him with somebody. And I think that they picked him for no other reason. In fact, that he won a few Europa Leagues. And they thought, you know what? He might get us in the Champions League by winning the Europa League. So they thought, well, we'll get him in for that reason and that reason only, you know for me that's why they did it but anyway he nearly pulled it worked. off as well didn't he he almost pulled it off yeah if he'd uh, maybe concentrated a bit more um on that game we might well have have, uh, have done it but anyway it all fell apart didn't it that chelsea game which was not great um neil says uh, dean and wenger one of the most formidable partnerships in football history yeah and i mean just david dean even before wenger with george graham as well you know what success he had um john says there, there's an interview on youtube where he gives an insight into the power struggle that was going on oh is there oh i'll have to look out for that then um because yeah interesting stuff um john says there gazidis was using russian money was he well yeah he probably was actually yeah um mark says yeah uh we got a club dj jerome anderson like, yeah, it was jerome anderson yeah he he was the guy that started uh, sort of playing the, the music at, at Highbury when David Dean come in. They got rid of the band and brought him in, and I think he ended up being an agent, didn't he, for some of the players? Yeah, he well. was.
1: Yeah, he was an agent.
0: Yeah, I think he was um, Ian Wright's agent. I think he was. I think he was. Yeah, I think he was agenting quite a lot of the players, wasn't he, at, at one time back then? But yeah, he, yeah, he did well for himself. Going from a DJ to an agent—that's not bad, is it? That's not a bad career change, is it? So, uh, it's, <laughs> it's indeed, um, James says a question to the panel: Do you guys think Jesus needs to do more in terms of scoring goals? Well, obviously, he needs to score more goals because he's got five in what is it, the eleven games, which isn't bad. But he hasn't scored for a while. He's looked a little bit off his best. I mean, Jerome, w- w- did, do you expect Jesus? To me, he's not a 20 goal, 25 goal a season striker, is he? I don't think he's going to get that many goals, is he? I just don't
1: think he will. Yeah, I I agree. I think we're very lucky to have him. I think he's a fantastic footballer, but he's yeah. not a natural predatory finisher, is he? That's not his game. If it was if it was part of his game, he'd be the best in the world. But it's hmm. that's not his game. He'll, he'll contribute a lot to our attacks. He'll he'll help sort of set up chances, you know calls a lot of mayhem at the back for for the other team, but yeah, he's not a prolific goal scorer. But if he can, you know, score you know between fifteen and twenty league goals, that that'd be amazing. But yeah, I'm not I'm not expecting him to score thirty league goals. Look, what what did Lacazette's our striker score last year? Three or something. So um, he's already he's already surpassed that, and he's just he just contributes so much to to how we plan. Look, it's a joy to watch him as well, isn't it? Like. These attackers, that it's making the football enjoyable to watch. Even you know the last couple of away games, where, as we mentioned, we haven't played fantastically well for the whole games, or we've had spells where we haven't played well. We've still had spells where we look bloody brilliant, and hmm. Jesus, a lot of that is down to Jesus. Um, but yeah, in an ideal world, yeah. You know, he had that that sort of half volley at the end of the first half. That was a great chance when he hit it right at the keeper.
0: And that one-on-one um, as well when he got tackled at the end, he lacked yeah, he a little bit hit, of belief, didn't he? he didn't, I felt.
1: Yeah, he didn't hit it cleanly. He sort of scuffed it. I think got a deflection, and um, maybe that's a part of his game. Maybe he'll improve. You know, he's he's not a thirty-five-year-old. He's still like mid-twenties, so maybe he will in, improve in that area. Let's let's hope.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think maybe we've been. Um, a little bit spoilt maybe with some of the strikers that we've had. You know, we've had a lot of golden boot winners. We've tended to Mm. have strikers that have scored 30 goals a season quite regularly. Obviously, Thierry Henry, Ian right before that. You know, Van Persie had a 30-goal season. And, you know, we tend to have got more used to that kind of a striker. And, you know, in the last couple of years, as you said there, Joan, Lacazette didn't really score that many. And Jesus is going to score a lot more than Lacazette. He already has done and he will do. But, yeah, we may be... I certainly miss uh, a, a golden boot type winning goal, goal scoring in the team. You know, I miss having that. And I don't think the way that we play su- suits that, does it? We're not going to get that sort of a player with the way that we play, just the way that we attack. It's not like that, is it? You know, it's the goals are more spread around the team. As you can see, we've had, what, eight or nine different goal scores already. You know, and it, mm. it goes to show how we play is different to some teams that rely on one player. And I know, you know, Man City have still got... All their players are still contributing, even though they've got some of these 40 goals already. You know, they've still got other... But, you know, we we don't play like that, do we? We don't have a goal. We've never... Arteta's style isn't to have a, a goal-scoring, one goal-scoring player. It's more to have six or seven players who contribute goals. are all going to get eight, nine, ten goals. And that's probably how he wants. And Jesus fits that. And he gives us a lot more than we had. But, yeah, I kind of do miss. I'd love us to have a... I'd love us to win the golden boot again with somebody, you know, get, get a striker in and score 30 goals in a season. Because when if you've got a player scoring 30 goals, you're generally going to do pretty well because the, the team will be doing well, won't they, for them to be scoring that many goals, usually. But it's a different style of play, isn't it, Tom? Do you think that, you know, did you think, how many goals do you think Jesus can get, though, for us? Because he isn't going to get 25, is he, I don't think.
2: Uh, 18 tops, 15 minimum I think, probably uh, as a good punt, but I, I we've got Enketio who's doing one thing we've got Jesus, I think we need a striker that can sort of offer something different to both those options B. Uh, Yeah, yeah we, we need someone maybe a little bit more physical, i tell you what I saw the other day was Giroud lots of uh, clips of Giroud he was very underrated and slagged off mm. a lot when he was at Arsenal but I thought he was a phenomenal player um yeah, some of the goals that he scored I mean obviously the scorpion kick that was that was something else yeah. uh but yeah other, other team goals as well I mean he was involved in the Jack Wilshire goal, uh with yeah. Santi uh, you know talking about players we miss Santi Cazorla I mean god you know how do you replace one of those you don't do you? um sorry we're on isn't, it, off, but we isn't it a shame play. though
0: Tom, isn't it a shame that Santi Cazorla played in the team he played in as opposed to maybe playing in the team we've got now. Because he we could have he could have brought us real big success. The great player he was he just didn't, we didn't have the squad around him, did we at the time that he uh, we had some good players when he played, but we were still lacking in too many areas and he couldn't do it all himself. Whereas now I think if Santi if Cazorla played in this team now is at his best, Could take us to a different level, couldn't it? Because he He was an amazing
2: amazing player, such quality. Uh, you know, he he could offer us so much in so many different areas in the middle, down the flank. He was
0: uh, just superb. We'd never replaced him. You never can, no, you can't. I mean, I 100% agree about Jerroo. Actually, I always rated Jerroo when we had him, I thought he was a very, very underrated player. He did score a lot of goals as well. You know, he, he's isn't he not the, the French top goal scorer ever in history now? Did he overtake the record? Or well, he was certainly close to it, isn't he? Yeah, he's fair I think
1: he's very close to it.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, you don't you don't score the most ever goals for France unless you've got something about you, you know. And he scored a lot of goals for us. And I actually really Really rated Giroud, and I think he was he. Yeah, we could maybe have a player similar to that now. Yeah, in certain games, a player like that would be brilliant to come off the bench, and you know, as a battering ram, if nothing. Look at Bamford, what he did when he came on for Leeds. You know, that sort of a player. We we need a player like that that we in the squad to come on. Would Arteta use him though? That's the problem. That's the question. I don't know if he would because it's a totally different style of play. Um, you know, John says there, Giroud is still plugging away. Arsenal, let him get away. Yeah, is he is he playing in Italy now? Isn't he? I think is he. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, he's still banging in goals, isn't he? So, you know, what a, what a guy, as Shane says, there. Uh, the guy from Fulham scored 40 goals in the championship. Yeah, uh, Mitrovic, yeah, yeah, I mean, he, he's a big physical striker as well, isn't he? I'm not quite sure if he's an Arsenal type player, if I'm honest. Um, but you know, he's he's certainly, um, he's certainly effective, there's no doubt about that. Um, okay, so obviously, I think we've, we've covered Southampton enough, we know what what didn't go right and what maybe could have gone better. And we came out of it with a draw, but we have got um, to finish off our little Europa League kind of section, really with the return game against um, our old friend from who was at Manchester United, of course. <laughs> of course, last week's game against PSB was again, not the greatest Arsenal performance, but we managed to get the victory. Probably deserved it. Uh, Of course, that man, Granit Zachary in form at the moment, got the goal as he seems to be scoring a lot more regularly these days. Um, I thought that PSV were very, very reserved in that game last week. And I think at home, they are going to come out and play a little bit more football. And I think that that's going to be a totally different type of game this week than it was last. Like, we only need a point to win the group. so And even if we lost, we only need to beat Zurich in the last game at home to win the group anyway. So it's not the end of the world anyway. But ultimately, we don't want to lose lose the game if we can. But do you think, Jerome, it's going to be a totally different type of game? Because they looked as they came for a draw, didn't they, last week? And then they maybe got it as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, the first half it was just sort of one one way traffic, wasn't it? I mean, most of the game it was. To be honest, they had a few counter attacks, but apart from that, it, it was all us. This is a fascinating game so I, I don't know what he's going to do with the team, Arteta. Because up until now, he's he has rotated, but not massively. He's he mm. still kept quite a few first teamers in, and mm. I'm I'm at the stage now thinking, like, even if we lose this game, I, I'm more worried about any of our players getting injured. To be honest, or becoming even more tired. I think the game against Nottingham Forest is so much more important and is a potential banana skin for us. So yeah, I would not send out the kids, but I wouldn't go as strong as what he's done so far. Cause like you said, we can lose this game and even if we beat and we can lose that game. And if we beat Zurich at home, let's face it, they're, they're not the best. No. Um, and then we're top of the group and we miss out those, um, those games in whenever they are February, perhaps mm-hmm. like the extra round. So yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't think he will. because I think he's. I think he's quite set on just getting this group finishing top as soon as, and obviously as soon as is this Thursday. Um, but that's my little concern going into the game is that he's going to go too strong and the players are going to be a bit jaded for the game on Sunday.
0: Yeah, I mean that. that that's what he's done so far in Europa League, hasn't he? He's gone pretty strong in every game. You know, he's made a few changes, but. I mean, if you remember last time we are in the Europa League, yes, maybe the group was slightly weaker that we had, but it was like pretty much 10 changes for the Europa League group games, wasn't it, for the Premier League? And this time, it's not been like that at all. It's been very, very strong. And yes, it is more difficult. And the advantage of winning this group is not what we had before. You, you get a buy, essentially, in the next round, don't you? So it's yeah, a massive advantage yeah. to win the group. But we are now in such a strong position in the group, are we? Last week's victory has put us, you know, we just need... We only need three points in our last two games, and one of them's at home to Zurich. And you'd imagine we'll beat them regardless. But I I agree, it's an opportunity to rotate the squad a lot more and play rest. Well, rest some of the key players, which is what I would want to do. I don't want to see players like Granite Jacob playing. I don't want to see Thomas Party playing. I don't want to see Saliba playing. I don't want to see Jesus playing. I don't want to see any of them playing on Thursday because we don't need to play them because we don't. That game, we don't need it. If we get a result, we get a draw, whatever. it will get the win, brilliant. But we don't need to necessarily. No. And let's give some of these players minutes. You know, let's play Manquios. Let's play Eddie and Ketia through the centre again. You know, let's let's play these players that aren't playing Vieira. You know, give their full game. And all this kind of stuff. Yeah I, I would, yeah, I would. Look at doing that. You know, the Congo and all these players. You know, bring them in, bring them in, and give them give them I'm game. Th- you know, I'm telling
1: you, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't even bother taking Saka and Martinelli. I'd leave them at no, home. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bother sending them on the plane.
0: I said that for that game in Norway, and they all played. <laughs> I was saying on, <laughs> on, the, on the show before we played them, don't take any of them. Don't even fly them over there. What happened? They all played. <laughs> and, it was like, oh, and I can see it happening again, actually. I wouldn't be surprised if it's still a fairly strong side, as you said, because yeah, he, he doesn't yeah. seem to want to do that, does he? And I, I don't know why. We can't. It's, it's asking him for trouble and he might think to himself look you know we've only got a few more weeks till the world cup let's just play the games now play the players now and then they go off to the world cup and whatever some of them aren't even going to the world cup so i don't know but yeah it, madness it, it seems madness for me if we play if any of those players play it, even travel i agree let's not bother let's keep them at home you know wrap them up in cotton wool for a couple of days let them have a rest um, and all that kind of stuff, so we, they're ready to go on Sunday, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if most of them play, I mean, Tom, what, what, what do you think's going to happen in on Thursday, I mean, a draw wins us the group, and I think in back of Arteta's mind, he'll want to get at least a draw, won't he, and I think that'll affect the team he plays, personally
2: i think he'll go strong i've got to be honest i agree with you about you know we've got other priorities as well we've got forest which is a much more important game for me uh we could just wrap this up with a draw but he doesn't seem to like doing that i remember when we played tottenham we just needed a draw and he kind of went out all hell for lever, and it backfired on us uh you know it was one of those things you take the gamble and you get what you get but I, you know, Jacques is gonna play for sure. He's gonna take him. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he just made minimal changes, holding in. Uh, obviously Turner coming in. Uh yeah. he'll just rotate a little bit, maybe uh, Fabio Vieira coming in for Odegaard. i I'd, I I think he'll just want to finish this one off and get the get the result. And I, I reckon we're one nil maybe again. But i I'm, I'm hoping that we finish this off. With a bit of flair, with a bit of style. Because it's uh, as much as I like the points and all the rest of it, I do
0: like to see a bit of uh, flair and performance as well. Oh uh, yeah, no, he's actually over that, you know. I think we all do. I mean, you, you know, you're saying that you know he'll make those changes and, and I think he will, but when he's done that before, he's he's had all them big players on the bench and he's brought them all on you know, was it in Norway when he brought Martin on, he brought um, Erdegaard mm. on, he brought Jesus on, it's like what are you doing? What are you seriously doing? You know, we're winning 1-0, Why are you bringing on them players? and Risking them getting injured or getting tired, which is now we've seen. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think he'll make similar, it'll be a similar side that's played in most of the games, and he'll have all the big names, if you like, on the bench, and he'll bring them all on. He'll bring them all on. <laughs> and it's like no, don't do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would to see a good game. I think PSV will be I don't think they're going to open up and be massively expensive because I don't think that's the way they're going to play. I think they'll still try and keep things tight, but I do think they'll attack us a lot more. I think they've got some good players. That little uh, Javi guy, Javi Simons, who played last week, mm. he looked very good, didn't he? I think he's 19 mm. years old or something. What a great player he looked, by the way. So, um, you yeah. know, I didn't think um, that Cody Gakpo played particularly well, but the game didn't maybe suit him, did it? I think he'll maybe look better at home when... More emphasis on him to attack and have the ball a bit more, maybe we'll see, but yeah, I think we'll get the draw actually. I think we, I think it might end up 1 1 personally. I think we'll get the draw that we need, and that'll be it. And then job done essentially. I mean, what do you think, Jerome? What would your score prediction be then for the PSP?
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think it'll be a draw. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure if we'll win the game, but I'll, I'll obviously I'll definitely take a draw, and yeah, I think that I think, yeah, one all like low scoring draw.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'll take a draw, and as you, as you said, no injuries. That's the and that's the key yeah. thing. But the, the more the more they play, the more tired they get, and it's gonna you know it's gonna lead to maybe more injuries. But as as you say, and you're right, um, the game on Sunday next week is I think more important at this point in in time, and it is uh, as you said a potential banana skin. <laughs> As we saw last season, of course, when um, they knocked us out in the cup, although that was at their ground, this is at the Emirates and stuff like that, different game. But we saw what happened to them um, against Liverpool this weekend. You know, um, is that going to be the turning point for them? Because they've struggled most of the season; they struggled for consistency. Um, And yes, Liverpool aren't in the greatest form, but to beat Liverpool was a massive, massive result for them. And suddenly, now, what looked to be a fairly straightforward home game for us. Um, now may have its problems. And I do think Forrest are actually not a bad side. They've got some good players. If When Steve Cooper gets them gelling, a lot of new players this season, I think when he gets them gelling, I think they'll be, they'll be a good side. I think they'll be fine. I think they'll stay up. Um, and maybe that's starting to happen now as we saw against Liverpool, they certainly looked a lot better in that game than they had done in some of the previous ones. Uh, I mean, obviously we would expect, we, we kind of know what the starting 11 will be, assuming everybody's fit. It will probably be very similar to where it's been the last four or five, six games, because he doesn't change it much. Uh, <laughs> as, assuming everyone comes back from Holland in, um, you know, hundred percent health and stuff like that. So, um, but what are you what are you thinking about this game in Jerome? Because I, I think, as you rightly said, a potential banana again, I think it potentially could be because suddenly things have gone up for them. They, they're they looking up now, aren't they?
1: Yeah. Um I I did see their game against Liverpool and Liverpool had a dominated possession of Liverpool. Um had a lot of chances. The goalie played really well, actually, for us to keep up.
0: Yeah, he's decent, isn't he? Yeah.
1: Um, had a lot lot, he had a lot of saves to make. I'm just hope. I hope and I think that we will be too strong for them. I think especially with uh, like the crowd behind us, like it's been this season, it's just, it's such like a, it just gives the team that little bit, bit extra, doesn't it? Mm. Um, I, I do think we'll have too much for them, despite obviously playing, playing Thursday, depending on, depending on which players play. Um, yeah, so I'm still, still quite optimistic about it, but um, hopefully what Saturday, what um what the w- last weekend shown is that like not to be complacent um and maybe yeah. not in the forest result plus how we ended up getting a draw at the weekend maybe that not will do us good but it will just sort of keep us on our toes and um hopefully if we if we do nick an early goal which we tend to do now instead of sort of taking our foot off the gas hopefully we'll go for the second and third and. Mm-hmm. You know. Kill, kill the game because i think even even Southampton's manager said if they would have scored the second goal last and would have been game over and when yeah. an opposition's manager comes out and says that like you think well fair, fair enough like because normally people don't admit that but he's, he sort of admitted it so mm. um, that's what i'm hoping for
0: yeah i mean we've got i know we haven't played Forest in the league for a long long time uh we played him in a cup quite a lot recently they, they the only time they've come to the Emirates was in the Carabao Cup. I think it was three years ago. We beat them 5-0. One of Martinelli's first games. I think he got a couple of goals in that game. Might have, I think it might have well, but it might have actually been his first game, actually, thinking about it, his debut. Um, and he got a couple of goals. Um, we haven't, we're haven't. we unbeaten in our last 11 home meetings uh, with Nottingham Forest in all competition. Going back to the last time they won away at Arsenal. Does anyone know when it was? Um,
1: Early 90s
0: no tom you got any ideas
1: no not a clue <laughs> it
0: was actually in the 88-89 season they beat us 3-1 at oh, <laughs> um that was the last time they've the last time they've won away that actually every year at high but they beat us three three years in a row actually around about that time and we only won one out of ten games against them at home through the 80s and into the sort of beginning of the 90s so they did used to have a really good record away at Arsenal. That was in, obviously, the Brian Clough days when they used to maybe play on a counter-attack and stuff like that. But, yeah, well, they had a really good record. But lately, um, they, haven't, they haven't won since 1989 at, uh, at Highbury. So, um, yeah, you'd imagine we're going to start massive, massive, massive favourites again to win that game at home. But, you know, who knows? Um Anything can happen in football. You, you know, we've seen it happen plenty of times. And, you know, who would have thought? I mean, Spurs would have probably have won all their home games. They probably expected to beat Newcastle when Newcastle are a better team than not in college. But anything can happen in football, can't it? I mean, Tom, what are you anticipating then for this one? Because we should win. We? let's be honest. We should win. We should win,
2: uh, but uh, that win against Liverpool really sort of messed it up a little bit because in my mind, that was going to be an easy three points. Now, I think we're going to have to uh, have a little bit of a battle on our hands first off. If we get the early goal, I think we'll actually roll them over as as we've been doing. But that that win for me just kind of set the dynamics differently because Forrest are now going to think, well, we've done them. We can go on and do Arsenal now. Uh, So they're going to be up, they're going to be, the momentum's with them, and they know that Arsenal have been playing uh, quite sort of patchily in in the two halves, Um, but I'm still going to go with an Arsenal win, probably 3-0.
0: Yeah, I mean, it would be a surprise if it wasn't something similar to that, wouldn't it? But I, I agree, I do think them beating Liverpool is going to give them a massive boost. Um and the last thing you need to do when you when you play when we got a Europa League game, the last thing you need is playing a team that's on the up and you know, feeling really confident about life. So yeah, that may make a slight difference to the to the outcome of the game overall, but I would be surprised if we don't if we don't win. I mean know what will be your prediction then? Obviously, Tom's gone three nil.
1: Yeah. I would I wouldn't be surprised. Three nil. Uh I'll, I'll go two nil.
0: Okay, two. I mean, we haven't actually kept a clean sheet at home in the league this season. Actually, um, in fact, since two one, March, two so one, we, two we, one. We generally concede at home, don't we? I, I, I was thinking four one. Actually, I was going to go four one, just because I do think we'll concede because we generally get at home, and I do think we've got 2 much <laughs> for them, um, and they have, they have conceded quite a lot of goals. Um, John has given us some news, breaking news. Here. He says just uh, said Aston Villa have confirmed Unai Emery as manager. Well, there you go. Wow, Unai Emery back in the Premier League. At Aston well, hey. Villa. Oh, wow, we uh unfortunately look he, he cool won't be that. able to visit he won't be able to visit the Emirates this season because we've already played them at home, but um obviously we, we have to visit them later on in the season. But yeah, he, he does like teams called Villa, maybe that's why he joined, maybe he thought it's every out, maybe that's what he thought it was. Not Aston Villa. <laughs> when he finds that it's Aston Villa in the Premier League, he might change his mind. Think, oh, I'm not going back there again. No, they didn't trip him very well. Um I quite look forward to his press conferences though, because he was quite amusing, wasn't he? With his, his broken English and stuff like that. So Um, Mm -hmm. It was quite funny. But, yeah, that's um, big news, actually, isn't it, Aston Villa? You know, they won 4-0 yesterday and, um, you know, they didn't... See, a lot of clubs would have just said, oh, we've got our little... A little caretaker manager. He's just won four nil. We'll keep him for another couple of games like Wolves did and mm-hmm. some of the others have done. But no, that's a bit of straight in. They won four nil. No, we're not bothered. We're going to get a manager in. So, you know, fair play to them. Let's see how that works for them. Because- I think they've done well there because Wolves are uh,
2: sort of messing about, aren't they? They're, they reckon yeah. in January they might have a new manager. I think that's going to be devastating for them. If they carry yeah. on with
0: this current form, they're going to be down. You can't, you can't wait till January to get a permanent manager in. It's madness. You've got to do it pretty quickly, haven't you? I mean, if, if you haven't got someone in place, you keep your other manager until you do. Surely you don't get rid of a manager when you haven't got a plan in place. That's just madness, isn't it? No one does that, do they? So, and it's interesting
2: about Stephen Gerrard as well, because he was pumped up after the Rangers gig, and uh, he yeah. was going to be this, that, and the other. And uh, they spent quite a bit of money down there as well, didn't they? <laughs> or up there. Yeah. And um, it hasn't worked out. So be careful what you wish for.
0: I mean, do you think do you think, do you think do you think do you think Steven Gerrard will become a top manager? Or, or do you think maybe his level is Scottish Premier League and that's maybe where he is? Or do you think he's got the potential to become a really good manager in the Premier League for someone else? I think I, he's I, got I to sort only... himself
2: out, don't you, Jerome? Sorry. Um I, yeah. I just think his, his style of football was confused. It didn't look right, it didn't sit right. He had flair players and he played quite negatively, really, for me. Uh, I didn't really see uh, any real major sort of transformation in the Villa side as from before. He just had better quality players. But Coutinho, what's what's that about? Spent fortune. Um, he hasn't really lit the the fuse, has he? Really, he hasn't done anything much.
0: No, no, he hasn't. But I don't know. Is is that Gerard's fault? I'm not really sure. I mean, he knows. He obviously he knows Coutinho because they played together, didn't they? At Liverpool. So he he'll, he knows him. So you'd think that he'd be able to get more out of him? I mean, do you think he can become a good manager, Gerard, or, or do you think maybe he's just overrated as a manager because he was a good player? God,
1: it's, it's hard to say. Based on the evidence that we've seen, it's not, not looking great. But, look, I, you know, we've given our manager a lot of time, haven't we? Mm. So, we've, you know, with a bit of extra time, who knows? But, mm. you know... He's not going to, you know, there was talk, not talk, but I guess people would, pro- would probably think to themselves, you know, once Klopp goes, if Gerard does a good job at Villa, maybe he'll get a Liverpool yeah. job. But he's a long way off for that now, isn't he? Like if Klopp goes, they ain't going to hire Gerard. So um, he's, he might have to go to maybe a lower, you know, a smaller club perhaps and um, and climb up the ladder, sort of going, going back down. Um, but it's early on in his managerial career, isn't he?
0: Still, yeah. plenty of time, he isn't. It's, it's funny, isn't it? Because he, you know, it you know, he's been there. What I, is it just over a year since he took over at Villa? It's something like that, isn't it? It's not mm. a massive amount of time. And and if you think about it, right, what when our had been at Arsenal maybe just over a year, we were what 15th <laughs> in the Premier League, right? And <laughs> Arsenal could easily have sacked him, couldn't we? We could easily have yeah. sacked him. Everyone would yeah. have said, Arteta's not a very good manager. Look at look at. You know, look where Arsenal were in the league when, when he was there. Um, and it's a similar situation with Gerard, And maybe, who knows, if Gerard had been given more time at Aston Villa another two years, maybe they could have been the top of the league as well with the right investment. You know I mean, it's, it is a difficult one, isn't it? Because he is so young into the job. And he's had another yeah. job before, which I'll Arteta didn't even have another manager's job before. He was successful at Rangers. Yes, it's Rangers and it's Scottish League. And it isn't top, top level, is it? But I don't know. Yeah. I kind of, the, the whole Arteta things made me reassess managers now because too many clubs get rid of managers very, very quickly, right? They don't give them the, the time. And you never know whether or not the time would have made any difference. Sometimes it might not have done. Things might have got worse and you get relegated. Um, but as Arteta has proven, if you may be given time and you may be given a little bit of investment, you can improve and you can get you can do a much better job. And maybe other clubs, I'm surprised other clubs aren't be looking at that a little bit more and thinking, you know, should we give this guy, we invested in him, we've given him money, we've bought players for him. Can we not give him more time? You know, look at Brendan Rodgers, you know, everyone said he was going to be sacked a few weeks ago. Now they've won two or three games in a row, they're moving up the league. And he's got... He's, got the, he's getting the job done, isn't he? And I know he's had a lot more time. He's been there for years before, but I don't know. I'm kind of thinking now that, you know, I, I used to be I used to be quite impatient with managers, not so much Arsenal managers, because we've generally had, you know, George Graham was there for years, Wenger was there for years. Um, but looking at other clubs, you look at a manager, you think he's not going to last very long. Get rid of him. He's not, he's not doing a good job. But now I'm kind of looking at it a little differently, saying, well, maybe give him three years and see whether or not in three years' time he hasn't done... He hasn't managed to turn things around because it isn't easy, is it? It's not quick to, to to turn things around at clubs, you know. Stephen Jones had a year, and yes, have they improved in that year? No, they probably haven't. And as you said, they, you know, they, they, their football doesn't always make sense. But I don't think Arteta's football often made sense before, did it? <laughs> in the first year and a half or so, none of it made much sense. So, you know, I don't know. I I, I think now clubs should try and give managers a, little, you know, don't over don't. Overreact too quickly is what I'm saying. Maybe you know, give him a little mm-hmm. bit more time. To see. I think Gerard has got the potential to be a good manager, actually. I do, I, I do think he is. And maybe, yeah, maybe Jerome's right. Maybe he does need uh, a smaller club, maybe to, to rebuild his career. At you know, look what happened to Frank Lampard. You know, it didn't work out at Chelsea, did it? And now he's, you know, I'm not saying Everton are a smaller club than Chelsea because historically they're not, but he's got another decent job in the Premier League and he's doing well, isn't he, Lampard? I think he's doing a decent job at Everton with what he's had to deal with. So, you know, I, still, I think Gerard could do something similar. You know, maybe he'll end up at a, at a club like... Obviously, he wouldn't end up at Everton, I, don't know, I suppose. But he might end up at a club like, I don't know, a Southampton-type club, you know, and something like that, a little bit. And maybe he can, he can rebuild himself. I hope so, because I do mm-hmm. like Stephen Gerard actually. I think he's a nice guy. He was a good player. And I'd like to see him uh, be given another shot because I don't think he was given enough time. Um, well, Wolves, Wolves don't have to wait till January anymore, do they? <laughs> Just well, an option. Really, it's not far from him to go. He could probably keep the same house, couldn't he? he <laughs> to warm up, so to, and stuff. So yeah, maybe that's an option. I don't know.
2: I will tell you what, as well, it's worth making a point that maybe Villa, uh, Aston Villa as a club, have reacted to the way the fans have reacted to the manager because it was getting quite toxic, and they were calling for his uh, Gerard's head uh, for a couple of matches yeah. now. And yeah, well, yeah. Uh, they seem to, I mean, if that had happened at Arsenal, I'm not sure the the ball would have jumped and sort of fired someone. Um, but other clubs, they run them differently. And I think they responded fairly quickly to the situation as much to be seen like oh, we're doing something about it. You know, we've got
0: rid of him. I mean, do you think maybe a little bit then? Because obviously when we went through that really bad spill under Arteta, it was during the COVID season. There was no fans in the stadium to be booing him and, and, and saying Arteta out, was there? Because the ground was empty. And do you feel as though maybe if if we'd had crowding at that time and the, the crowd had turned on him as they turned on Emery to a certain degree, you feel as though would, would the club still have had that same patience and that same um, kind of uh, prepared to, to give him time that they did do? Obviously, Aston Villa, like you said, I heard the fans the other night when they lost that game, and the fans were—they was all singing they wanted Gerard out, and all this, weren't they? And that is—it does put pressure on the club to do something. But the same would have probably happened, wouldn't it, if we'd had crowd in that season when we were losing home home game after home game, losing home to Burnley, losing home to Leicester, not scoring goals, fifteenth in the league. I think that the, the fans would have turned at that point, definitely, after what would happen before with under Emery. So, did you think that that would have, maybe that was why Arteta got more time, do you think? Or do you think the club would have stuck with him anyway, regardless?
2: Um, it's a hard one, isn't it, Jerome? It's like trying to look in your crystal ball. But, yeah, I, I for me personally, I think having no crowds probably helped him a lot because the atmosphere back then was really toxic. I mean, you know, was. you Used to hear it. I mean, it was terrible. When you speak to Arsenal fans; they didn't have a good word to say about any players or anything that was going on. The performances were dire. The results were crap. Uh, so, had it been a full stadium,
0: it, he might have suffered and got the bullet. Might have. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have been surprised. Actually, it's easy. It's easy for the clubs. Oh, yeah, we stuck by and we stuck by him. And this is what this is what you should do. And yeah, maybe maybe that's right. Maybe you should do that. And I started to think maybe more clubs should do it, but. There wasn't that same pressure, was there, Jerome, on, on the club because the fans wasn't there. I mean, it would have been pretty, pretty toxic, wouldn't it, I think, at that time. Some of them performances in yeah. that only in the were terrible, weren't they?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that what the documentary showed is that the owners obviously have a lot of faith in Arteta, but once, once the home crowd make their feelings known in such a way like that, and it gets quite aggressive, I think the patience... really going to be testing the owner's patience then and i think i think if a crowd gets like that i just think the position sort of becomes untenable and it's it's very hard to carry on once you lose the home once you lose the home crowd especially like there's a there's a little photo that was doing the rounds recently of like maybe eight or nine fixtures during that time and there was like one draw and about seven or eight losses and it just and a lot of them were at home yeah no we we were terrible and I think it. I think it. Look, it's just opinions, isn't it? Because we don't know. But yeah, I think I think he could have gone during that time.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I guess the other side to that could be, and maybe Arteta would, would would maybe think that, that. Perhaps if there were if there was a crowd in, maybe our home form would have been better, because the crowd, as we said before, the crowd lifts the players, don't they? And maybe. That, a lot of teams had bad home records that season, didn't they? Liverpool really suffered. They lost about seven or eight mm. games at home, which they never normally do. Um, you know, We had that terrible run at home as well. So I suppose there's that side to it as well. Would Would our form have been that bad if the crowd had been in as well? It's difficult. I know we never know, but I do feel mm. as though looking at the, the results at that time, if they'd been crowding, I think like Arteta would have gone before Christmas that season. I really do. And that would have been mm, a year. The same exactly the same time that Gerard's had a year that would have been a year December that he took over, wouldn't it? So he would have lasted a year as well. Um, so it just goes to show, doesn't it? You know, fate sometimes is a strange <laughs> thing, isn't it? You know, and, and yeah. maybe it's not going to work out well for us in the end that we kept him because if he takes us to um, to glory at the end of it all, then that would be the right decision. But you know, it's a shame for Gerard, but I'm sure he'll be back. But yeah, good to welcome back Unai Emery back to the Premier League. So <laughs> look forward to seeing how he gets on at Aston Villa. Be interesting. Uh, interesting things happening there so um so there we go as i say you know not not the greatest result against southampton but we've got two games to come this week and hopefully the performances can improve a little bit on that on the last few games and we can get the result in psv to win that group get that job done and then um hopefully go out on sunday and and beat forest more convincingly than the last couple of weeks have been and get some goals. I think we're due to score a few goals, aren't we? Because the the goals have been dried up a little bit and Mm -hmm. someone's going to maybe suffer at the end of that, sooner or later. And why not let it be not in the forest? And, you know, after what they did to us last season in the FA Cup, we need to, we need to get back to that. John says there's 2-0 to West Ham now against Bournemouth in tonight's game. So that must be nearly finished now, won't it? So that's probably the result Mm -hmm. there, maybe. Um, So West Ham have won. They sort of turn things around a bit, haven't they? Following a bit of a... Shaky start. They're doing okay, aren't they? West Ham So um so they won that game. Yeah, so yeah, hopefully we can uh, we can bang a few goals in Sunday. Um and uh, yeah, that'd be nice, won't it? And we'll go into November top of the league then, won't we, if we beat Forest? That'd be good, won't it? Imagine that. It. November. Who would have thought that? Seriously, at the start of the season, who would have thought November we would be top of the league? Just I still can't believe it actually. I keep thinking to myself, it must be September. We're top of the league, it must be September. We've only played four games, we can't be top of the league all this time actually it's November and we are it's incredible isn't it I mean it has been it has been an amazing start to the season let's be honest but you know it is still early on and there's a lot can happen but we've enjoyed aren't we I mean Jerome you've been, you must have enjoyed the season so far
1: yeah absolutely look we're, we're not going to get perfection are we we're not going to win you know I'm not going to win every game as much as we'd like to but I'm really enjoying watching these games like even when even when we were playing crap I was always looking forward to Arsenal games but now the actual game itself is enjoyable as well Um, or large parts of it at least and um, yeah full full credit to everyone involved and I hope they can keep it going Um, and unfortunately obviously this World Cup is going to sort of put a bit of a halt to it but um, good chance to I guess reassess things see you know see where we are but, yes, yeah, so, so far, I can't complain. As much as I'd like to, I can't complain.
0: No, it's difficult to find too much to complain about, really, isn't it, overall, the, the way things yeah. have gone. And like you said, let's hope it can continue. Um, but the squad strength, depth does concern us all. I'm sure it does. But, you know, who knows? Le- Leicester won the league with, with a small squad. They didn't get many injuries. They just The momentum mm. took them through. So it can be done. Um, but we'll see. I don't think they quite had a Man City team to battle against as good as what we have currently at this moment in time. But anyway, who knows? Stranger things have happened. I'll say stranger things have happened in football. Um, uh, Jafar says, uh, guys, do you think we need to send Sambi, Manquias and Vieira on loan and replace them in January because they ain't ready yet? Well, I don't think we can really afford to get rid of three players out of the squad that we need to strengthen the squad. If anything, bring three players in, keep them as well, because we some options, isn't it? More options, which I think mm. is what we need. Yes. Manquios needs more time Sambi needs more time Vieira needs more time are they going to get as much time as things are at the moment we don't know I certainly wouldn't send them out on loan in January I mean not not yet I wouldn't I mean they're important players in the squad aren't they even if they're not going to play as much as they want to play would you send them out on loan Jerome you know, or not really now no
1: I don't think so we've got obviously the cup competition still um, yeah. you know with our injury record I wouldn't be letting go of anyone yet
0: Definitely not. No, especially as that would mean replacing them three plus the extra players that we need to bring into the squad already. So you're looking at six or seven mm. players, then, aren't we, to bring in? It's yeah. never going to happen, is it? It's
1: it? too much business to do, isn't it, in a short yeah. period of time?
0: Not going to happen. So I would say no, no to that. Tom, would you agree? No to Logan? yeah, absolutely.
2: You, you, you know, you've got to bring people in, not send them off out. It's a shallow squad as it is, so you can't go uh, flying people off left, right, and centre. You've got to no. bring a couple of solid players in, just to consolidate and uh, keep us in that top four in January. But again, as we say, will Arsenal spend? Hopefully, they they see the sense in it.
0: You have to do it. Yeah, you do. Uh, e- even more so these days. It's if if you don't spend the money, you're not going to be successful. Simple as that. You're just not going to be able to do it. It's not. It's not going to work. Um, I mean, funny enough that you say that about loans. I mean, we must have seven or eight players out on loan already, haven't we? Um, throughout. You know, we've got loads, haven't we? Obviously, Charlie... Loan Ainsley's at Southampton, he's not even playing that much, is he? Um, he's on loan there. Um, who else is this? we've got loads on loan, Pepe. We? There's goalkeepers. There's we've got, I'm sure we've got seven or eight players out on loan, haven't we? Uh, so Easy. yeah, the, the, yeah. Well, yeah, the last thing we need is to send any all on loan at this point in time, I would say. Um, I think Chelsea hold
2: the record, don't they? It was about 33 players they sent out on loan, yeah, they,
0: they, they always do that, don't they, Chelsea. It's funny. Everywhere you go, you, you, you watch a game, whether it's in the Championship or the Premier League or somewhere in Europe. Always, there'll always be a player on loan from Chelsea in every single squad everywhere in the world. <laughs> every, every single club's got a player on loan from Chelsea, don't they? At some point, <laughs> except us. They never loan us, any, do they? We just get their old rejects. That yeah. Yeah. Um, Mark says uh, we're there on merit and um, we had some, some luck in the Leeds game but we do deserve yeah. to be where we, no, of course we do Yeah, 11 games in 9 wins of course we deserve to be where we are there's no doubt about that but um, it's just a matter of trying to maintain that level now isn't it for as long as we can and top 4 do me I've got to be honest top 4 will do me all day long and yeah, winning the Europa League I'd love that as well that would be the dream wouldn't it but have we got the squad big enough to challenge on both fronts on that I'm not sure I'm not sure if we are, as things stand now, but January, who knows? Maybe Father Christmas will be nice to us this year and bring us <laughs> some good signings in January that will give us the, the boost that we need to go on and be successful this season because, you know, it's been a long time, hasn't it, since we've got anywhere near to winning any of the big stuff, really. be nice if this year, European trope, I'd love that Europa League, you know, that would be... To me, if you had a choice now, Jerome, between top four or winning the Europa League, what would you go for?
1: Probably Europa, probably Europa League, because that means you qualify for the Champions League, and that's what top four is anyway. So yeah, probably Europa League.
0: And it's a trophy, isn't it? A European trophy. Yes. Yeah. We don't have enough. So yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. So what, what would you, what would you, given the choice, I do think the league position is important actually, and probably even more so now. We're top. Imagine if we, if we're top now and we finish fifth or sixth, not in the top four, but win the Europa League would that still be considered a very good season or would that be slightly disappointing that, you know, the league's dropped off so much?
2: I I think we, yeah, if we could win the Europa League, that'd be great, but I I don't want to fall out of the top four. Uh, If we finish third, I I think that's respectable plus the trophy. You know, um, hopefully we finish first. Can't see it, but, you know, it's a long old season. But uh, yeah, a trophy, Europa League, that'd be nice on the old shelf. Uh, Tottenham fans you can leave the room now um, <laughs> uh, empty
0: cupboards in it and fluff <laughs> exactly. that's the thing isn't it you know we, we've got this um, you know we've got this history of winning trophies haven't we let's be honest you know we've you know the third most successful club in English football in terms of number of trophies won and that's something that you know I think us, as, as as Arsenal fans maybe that's what we kind of base success on don't we winning trophies as opposed to just finishing top four you know yes we haven't finished top four for a long time so that would be fantastic I agree Tom and it would seem like a failure to me now if we finished outside the top four after starting the season with nine wins out of ten you know what I mean it's like if you don't finish in the top four after that then something's gone wrong seriously but having said Mm -hmm. that winning that European trophy would be amazing and it would make up to be honest with you i think that for probably you know three or four weeks after the final if we won the europa league i wouldn't care that we finished outside the top four i'd just be enjoying the fact that we've won a european trophy and maybe you know later on in the summer when you sit down and think about it, you think bloody hell we blew that league didn't we big time but you know sacrifice sometimes you have to sacrifice something to get something else and i think to win that Europa, the prize is the same isn't it champions league football the prize is the same Let's win a trophy, that's what I say. Let's go for that. Um, Mark says, Yeah, uh, Europa League, yeah. I, I, I would, yeah, I want that Europa League actually. I really do want that. I win that. Um, but yeah, we should get top four anyway. Now, we should get top four after the start we've had. Didn't they say the other day that no team had ever, or is it only one team, had ever got this many points after this point in the season and not won the league? And we're thinking about we might drop out of the top four. <laughs> it's like, you you know, but it's where we are, I suppose, isn't it? Where we. Training? I think it's just
2: a fantastic time to watch your your football again and enjoy it, and enjoy some of the individual performances. Uh, lovely to see Saka come through. It's a shame uh, uh, Emil Smith Rowe's not around, but it's it's lovely to see these homegrown players coming through as well. And Saliba has made a big difference, plus yes. Sinchenko and Jesus as well. I mean, that was that was a, a bit of a masterstroke. Uh, you know, uh, I know Saliba went out for maybe too long. Uh, in some people's years, but um, he's come back. He's a a real asset and he can only get better. He's so composed on the ball. Um, Zinchenko just adds a a new dimension in appetite uh, and he can play on uh, left back or he can go through the middle and consolidate in the middle as well. He does a lot of middle stuff, doesn't he? And obviously, Jesus, uh, I mean, some of the runs that he puts together and the dribbles, he's just dancing past players, and they're sort of looking, what's going on? Just tiptoes through the lot. It's fantastic to watch. It's nice to enjoy a, an Arsenal team that's young and dynamic and yeah. uh, on the attack.
0: It is. I want percent agree with everything that you just said there, and it is great, finally. I must admit, I haven't enjoyed much of the last two or three years. I think the football, maybe even four years, the football's not been great to watch at times, and we didn't like we were getting anywhere. And it is nice to be able to sit and enjoy the games now and enjoy some of these players, the performances that they're producing, you know, some great players that now we've now got together. It's just, you know, the. the I don't want my expectations to change too much because I'm quite happy at the minute. I don't expect us to win the league. I'm not even thinking about winning the league. And, and that's great. And I don't want to become disappointed because the more your expectations are, the more disappointed yeah. you end up becoming, don't you? So to me, top four is the aim. Let's that should be what we're aiming for so far. So good, we're in a great position to finish in the top four. And that European Europa League is there, isn't it? You look at it and you look at the teams that's in it. Yes, there's going to be some Champions League drop ins, but I look at that, I look what's in that Europa League, and I'm thinking, this is our chance, isn't it? To really, really win that competition, you know. Really, and now we because we've got a little bit in hand in the league now, if we can keep that going, get a good advantage in the top four, and even if we have to rest a few players to win the Europa League. We still, hopefully, we've got enough points in the bag to be able to do that. You know, the, the Unai Emery season, we were chasing top four, wasn't we? We were in there and then we were just outside, then we were in there again. Mm-hmm. We wasn't safe and secure in it, um, yeah. and when we rested players, it cost us points, and we we ended up throwing it away. This year, hopefully, we've got some. We'll have some points in hand. We'll be nice and secure in that top four, and then we can really throw everything out at that Europa League in the quarterfinal, semi final, end of it, you know. And that's what I'm hoping is going to be the case. But um, let's see. It is a long way to go, as we said, a really long way to go. Um, John says there, lads, even the way the FA Cup has been downgraded, it's still important to fans to get a final. So, "No, you're absolutely right. I-, I love the FA Cup. It's been our big trophy, hasn't it? That we've won the most. So, um, But I think this season, I would be prepared to sacrifice the FA Cup for the Europa League, 100%. I would be prepared to do that. Last season, we had no excuse to sacrifice the FA Cup because we didn't have Europe. This season, I would be—I don't want to sacrifice anything particularly, but if that's what we have to do, I, I would be happy to do that. Um, John says, hey, look at Mourinho and Roma. When they won the Europa League, exactly, we should be winning it. We should be winning trophies like that. And We've got a great chance this year, and I want us to do it. And it would be great. And of course, then that would mean next season. This this time next next season, we won't be sitting here talking about Europa League trip to PSV. We'll be talking about a Champions League visit to Real Madrid or, or to Barcelona or Bayern Munich or something like that. That's that's what we'll be looking at, won't we, next year? This time next year, that's what we want. That would be great, yeah. wouldn't it? Uh, John's 100% agree. Exactly. That's what we want. We want to, we want to be doing this, don't we? Uh, let's, let's do it this year. Come on. Let's win that trophy. Let's let's do it. It'd be great. Um, but we'll see. <laughs> way to go. Um, so, I so say that is um, another Arsenal review. And it's been a bit of a mixed bag tonight. You know, obviously, the South game has been eating away at us a little bit since yesterday. But ultimately, um, I think we're ending a lot more positively, looking ahead to... Uh, a big week, hopefully two more good performances. And, uh, and yeah, uh, what could end up being uh, a historic season for Arsenal, maybe, you know, and for Arteta as well, a really historic season for us and to get us back to somewhere, back to where we all want to be, heading in that direction anyway. <laughs> it's what we I want, isn't it? Anyway? We want to see it, that way. we? Um, uh, John said, sorry, there was a Europa conference. Oh, that's right. It was a conference they one. What, didn't they? Yes, that's right. They did, yeah. It wasn't that when a- wasn't Aisley Maitland-Niles there, wasn't he, on loan? Yeah, he didn't play though, did he? But he was on loan and they did win that last year, didn't they? But yeah. He went on a different bench. <laughs> yeah, he sat on a different bench, yeah. He's done that quite a lot, hasn't he? He sat on our bench and he sat on... Um, where was it? West Brom he went on loan, didn't he? He sat on their bench for a bit. He went on loan to Roma, sat on their bench. Now he's at Southampton on their bench, so... He certainly could be. When he writes his book, he's going to be writing about the different benches he sat on and how, how different they were. Some of the seats were heated. Some of the seats wasn't heated. You know, some of them had nice, comfy backs. Some of them didn't. and Some of them were adjustable and all that. It, that'd be his book, won't it? The, the one trick? I got, splinter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all the sprinters I got sitting on the bench. But, uh, one one day, he might make it somewhere because I, I do quite like Ainsley, but he's for some, something's not right in his head that he's not got that focus, has he? To become yeah. a top player. He's got the ability, I think he has, he just hasn't got the right mindset, as he? he hasn't got the right focus and unfortunately yeah. these days, if you haven't got that you're not going to make it, are you? Which is a shame because he's a nice guy, I do like him, but yeah, I don't think, if you can't get a game on loan at Southampton, you've got no chance over, Just be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're
2: right, it's the mentality, isn't it? If your mentality's not right, you're not going to get a game and there's something there because he goes somewhere and they suddenly suss him out and he's not of any use anymore, <laughs> so you know they yeah. can't
0: all be wrong can they no and i've seen him play some great games for arsenal as well you know the fa the fa, FA cup final how good was he in that game against chelsea when he played yeah. left back you know he's had some great games for arsenal you know brilliant game. in midfield he had a couple of great games for arsenal and you look at him you think he's, he's the player that we need and then what happens he just can't do it again he, he just did you can't.
2: did you see that a Wobie goal rich uh, where he, he back-heeled it for whoever did, it was. Yeah. It I like that. Oh, I that. Look at him. Look at him. He's coming on, isn't he, old
0: Wobey He was crap at Arsenal most of the time. But, yeah, he did. Uh, yeah, oh, but he I, was I'll another score. one for me. He was another one that you could see glimpses that he had ability. That goal he scored in the Europa League final, actually, talking about that before, he scored that great goal. Oh, yeah. and then, I know it didn't mean anything in the end. We were losing 3-0 and no one cared. But it was a great goal. And he had those moments in him, didn't he? with us but he never did it consistently now he's playing regular everton he's i mean i spoke to a few everton fans they love him i think he's brilliant now he's, he's playing really well so you know good luck to him but yeah i did see that goal. And i did enjoy that a nice little Thought he was brazilian for a minute didn't he a little back heel there Great yeah, stuff. Nice. He's, he's did you that. see
2: theo's theatrics as well when he did that tippy tumble in the box trying to snatch a
0: penalty yeah, I, I did, yeah. I mean, you don't like to see diving deer going on. It's not what we want to see at all, is it, really? I mean, to be honest with you, though, he didn't He didn't get up looking for a penalty, did he, or a, a foul? He kind of, I think he realised, I think he was expecting a, a tackle. The tackle didn't really come, and he'd already sort of started moving <laughs> out of the way of it. And then he obviously, he looked like he'd dived, but he, he kind of tried to get back <laughs> up again straight away. It wasn't like he was claiming a penalty. That, to me, that's that's when you should be booked, right? You should be booked. If you if you go down when you haven't been touched, like Harry Kane does all the time, claiming a penalty, Richarlison does it as well. It must be a Tottenham thing, right? And <laughs> they're the ones that should be punished, right? If, if you if you go down because maybe you've lost your balance or you're anticipating a foul and you jump out of the way and you fall yeah. over and you want to get up again and carry on with the game, you don't get booked for diving for that. Saka shouldn't have got booked for diving for that, right? Even when we, He left his foot in, he did leave his foot in a little bit, right? to initiate the contact. But you don't get booked for that because, you know, Walcott shouldn't have really got, got booked for diving either because he, he was trying to get back up again and get on with the game. He wasn't looking for the foul. And you should only be booked if you look for the foul and you're looking at the referee. Come on, Rev. No, you're getting booked for that, mate, because you think it wasn't contact or, you know, you initiated it yourself. That's what should happen. They had the bookings that you should get. And I felt a little bit sorry for Theo Walcott, but the referee had to book him because he booked Saka for actually having contact with a player. And he had to put Walcott, didn't he? I suppose, Anyway. Um John says there thanks, Richard and Co. again. An excellent show. And to all in the chat. Um well done. Come and you're indeed. And John says there, Kubai scored at the Kulubai squad at the weekend again. Uh, did he? Kulibai. Did he? Not sure. No, he didn't he didn't play for Chelsea. He didn't play, did he? he? He wasn't no, I didn't think he I didn't think he played, did he? Um unless you're meaning somebody else, maybe not Kubai, it must be somebody else. Um He's looking at maybe an ex-Arsenal player. Do you mean Koscielny? Did he maybe score at the weekend? I don't know. <laughs> Is he still playing, actually? I don't know. He's retired now, isn't he? He's retired, He's yeah. retired, uh, yeah. He's retired, isn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the lesser about Koscielny perhaps the better, really, after, after the way <laughs> he left us uh, a couple of years ago. Um, but anyway... So anyway, that was another an awesome review, I'd say. We, we, you know, we, we we're looking we're looking forward and looking ahead in positive fashion to the next couple of games and for well, the next few games, hopefully, up to the World Cup, um, and then I don't know what we're going to do. But luckily, the women are still playing, so we'll be fine. We can watch that, can't we? Get us through, get us through. Because I, I think the World Cup. Are you going to watch much of the World Cup, Jerome? Do you think?
1: I will. I will watch it, but I'll just be hoping that our players stay fit during it. To be honest, that'll be, that'll be yeah. What I'll be what that's thinking happening.
0: about. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. England have got no chance. Let's be honest, have we? we're not gonna, <laughs> we're not gonna do much, are we? Let's be fair. Come on. I like this fifty-three man squad. away, a fifty-five man squad? <laughs> Is that like every single English player that he can find? Just name them all. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, uh, oh, yeah just, what's that all about? Oh,
1: I don't know who came up with that idea.
0: No madness, <laughs> madness. Anyway, you know what they should do. What England should have done was last year they should have got Gareth. I um, should have got Eddie uh, Eddie Howe to manage the team. That's what they needed. Then we might have had a chance of doing something we're well, not with that South Bay. we've got no chance are we but anyway no, it's, it's it's all good we, we'll, we'll watch we'll watch the england games i'm sure we will and hope for the best but that's about as good as it's going to get isn't it really but anyway it's just a it's just an absolute pain postponing the important stuff for something that is just all about money in a country that shouldn't even be hosting it but anyway um <laughs> that's another issue for another show perhaps um, anyway, it's been it's, it's been it's been good, fellow. Anyway, it's been great chatting, Jerome. Good to see you again. Have you enjoyed coming on?
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you very much, Richard. And uh, cheers, Tom as well. It's been great. Thanks.
0: Yeah, cheers. Nice to meet you, Angie. Nice. No, it's, it's been good fun. Good to good to see you again, Tom as well. Good to see you as well, my friend. Uh, you you uh, enjoyed yourself tonight?
2: Yeah, it's been really interesting. Nice mixed bag. Uh, something to get your teeth <laughs> into, and uh, you know all these little differences we have, but
0: we all support the Arsenal. That's what it's all about, isn't it? You know, at the end of the day, if everybody thought the same about everything, it'd be quite boring life, wouldn't it? You know, it's nice to have people that have different opinions. Ultimately, yeah, like you said, we're all here for one reason. We're all here because we want to see Arsenal doing the best that we can possibly do and be as successful as we can. And that's what we all want. And, you know, how we go about doing that is... Up for debate and that's what it's all for isn't it so it's good fun uh but it's been good it's good been good to uh, obviously to to see you so guys in and thanks to everyone for watching all you guys in the chat as well lots of chats coming in tonight which was good uh some interesting stuff there as well um we will be back, actually um your dad's back on uh on wednesday Jerome, to do the hybrid matter show um ah, he's yeah actually, he's actually got a really really special guest coming on um and um i'm gonna tell you it is actually because it's exciting it's actually tom watts the former East Enders um, actor Tom. What? So he's coming Quality. on on Wednesday to look back at some great Highbury memories. So that's going to be really good because Tom's got some great memories of uh, you know he's been on he's been on this channel before um, doing other stuff and he's got some great memories. So that's going to be a really good. show. So definitely uh, make sure you tune into that. That's on Wednesday at eight o'clock. And then on Thursday there's two bloody games one after the other, which is annoying. So I'll be here from about five o'clock until about midnight with two watch alongs. The men are playing <laughs> early at quarter to six, and then the women start at eight o'clock. So, thanks for the fixers for that. Again, they did it on for me yesterday. Doing it again Thursday um, and then Sunday again. There's two games on, but at least there's a break in between those two, so it's not quite as bad. Um, so, we'll be doing all of that, and also as well the women's shows on Friday at uh, seven thirty. We'll be looking back on a, a decent week for the after women. They're top of the league as well, actually. It's good, isn't it? The women are top of the league. We're top of the league. We're top of the Europa League. The women top of the Champions League. It's all good stuff. What's there not to like? Honestly, what's there That's not to it. like? Um, so all you people that support another club other than Arsenal, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> unless, unless maybe you're Man City fans, we maybe understand that you might enjoy things a little bit more. But anybody else, you're missing out on all the fun, so come and join us at Arsenal. Is, and uh, you know, you can be top of everything briefly. <laughs> so that's been the Arsenal review. Then thanks to uh Jerome, obviously, and to Tom as well. I say, you guys, as well, thanks for watching. Don't forget to subscribe. And don't miss M- uh, Melvin's show on Wednesday because that is going to be something absolutely fantastic. Um, so definitely tune in for that one as well. And we will see you all very soon. I'll be back on Thursday for a double shift. So I'll uh, make sure I've took me uh, took me tablets and that so I'm ready to go. Um, <laughs> and, uh, we will see you very soon. Take it easy, guys. Thanks to all you guys for watching. Thanks to Jerome Thanks. and Tom. And we will see you very soon. In the meantime, come on, you gunners.
3: Let's go. <laughs> <eat>. Come
0: on. <laughs> Martinelli. It's now with Granit Jacko. Is it gonna be the third goal? It is the third goal! Granit Jacko with it! That steals it!